Hi everybody, it's your friendly neighborhood podcast host here. Quick programming note, this episode was originally intended to be about one hour long, but once Brent and I got together, we ended up doing a four hour interview. Well, not really an interview, it's more of a rambling, but uh, it's okay. You'll enjoy it anyway, I promise. What I went ahead and did was break the episode up into two parts, figured out where a natural break would be. So there's kind of an abrupt ending, you're just going to hear the end closing music pop up. And we'll continue with part two later on this week. Until then, enjoy. Direct from the Los Angeles Underground. It's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. We're doing a little something special today. This is episode two in a infrequent series called The Quarantine Chronicles, where I get together with somebody and we find out how they're doing this during this quarantine. Episode one featured my lovely wife, and episode two features one of our favorites, a great friend of our show for a few years now, host of his own awesome podcast. If you've not heard it, listen to it. It's one of my favorites. It's the Home Video Hustle it's Brent. How you doing, Brent? Doing pretty good. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right, sir. No no one has ever used the word awesome to describe your podcast. I don't know why. I'm embarrassed that I said it, <laughs> but it came out. It's a real bitchin' podcast you have over there, Brent. <laughs> Just so long as you don't say it's a whack podcast, it's all good. Oh, whack is my daughter's favorite word. That is her favorite. <laughs> she uses the word whack, and she'll even use it when you're trying to say something that's cool. Like, <laughs> say like check out these new shoes I got, and she'll just go, whack and shake her head you just you feel like wow i'm a teenager again and i just i gotta go home and cry i was about to say she relive in the 90s every day mm-hmm. she says whack all the time it's funny it, she's really adopted it and then she'll say oh word i'm like who <laughs> there it is yeah so it's all that all the beastie boys we listened to when she was growing up she got a lot of that I oh say does she listen to our show like she, she uses a lot of same words <laughs> she has not yet but what i did play her yesterday Uh-oh. i played her the uh you know she's 15 so you're trying to bring her you're trying to bring her along and you know, i remember where i was at 15 so what i did was i played the you remember this this group did dynamite hack did a a real mellow cover of easy e uh boys in the hood I, I played I that I for her. That. Yeah, I played that for her, and she kind of thought it was funny. And then I played the actual song. She she was like, oh, okay. So she got the joke, but it was like, I never thought I'd be at a point where I could play Easy e with my daughter. But, you know, we're at that point now, so... You know, it's funny because it's, and it's actually, it was Easy es album, too. But back in the day, when I was really getting into hip-hop stuff, my dad didn't want me listening to, like, the Ghetto Boys, Easy e NWA, because I was, like, 14, 15 years old. He's like, it's too vulgar. Uh-huh. And so my mom... She went and bought the Easy Does It album, the Easy's first album. Yeah, and she was like, "Oh yeah, I bought this because I used to love this album." And then when he walked away, she just handed it to me behind her back, like here. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Snuck it to me. Yeah, I used to be. My parents really didn't come down on whatever I was listening to, but you know, once I started getting into like hip hop, and you hear, you know, they're just dropping f bombs or whatever. I'd have to be real mm-hmm. careful when I played it because usually my dad wouldn't care, but there was a, there was a certain point where he'd be like, "All right, let's not," you know, he wouldn't really take it away from me or or yell at me or anything but he'd give you that look you know like yeah. let's not listen to that you know but it was cool he was usually pretty cool about it and most of the time he liked it because of the stuff they were sampling so it was cool mm-hmm. you know so he was cool with it but uh yeah sometimes i think he would pretend 
he he couldn't hear what they were saying. You know, he just let it let it slide. But he was pretty cool about it. But my mom never uh, smuggled the uh, rap albums in for me. That would have been cool. <laughs> you owe your mom so for that. smuggled in Easy E. My uncle smuggled in the Ghetto Boys album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then all, and then your grandma's watching MST3K with you, so you you're set. And listening to the Chronic album, was she really? Oh, that was the Chronic was one of her favorite albums. She would. There's legit a time uh, we were going up the street because we stayed in what you know, quote unquote, the hood. Yeah, of back course. In the day, mm-hmm. and we were going up the road, and she was blasting "Let Me Ride" on by Dr. Dre. And these dudes was looking in the car. We had the window up, and she wrote the window down, and they were like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like they were shocked. So you say what? So your grandma, she was she was siding with the West Coast. In those days, oh, she loved she loved Tupac, Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, all the NWA dudes. She loved all that stuff. But from the East Coast, if she had to pick one person, she loved Public Enemies. Oh, nice, dude. Of course, yeah. You can't uh, you can't say no to Public Enemy. Um, I was just oh. listening to uh, Ocasio Cortez. Uh, she was on a podcast. Oh, AOC. Yeah, yeah. and she just gave her uh, she gave her top five uh, top five uh, rappers of all time. Tupac made the list, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, she threw a KRS One in there. So yeah, I was like, in the top spot too, I think. Uh, yeah, I was like, all right, I'm, th- I'm down. This is this is you, this is uh, this is a legitimate list right here. So it's mm-hmm. cool. It's cool when you see somebody that you don't think is going to know, and they know, like your grandma. <laughs> exactly. What made her oh, start listening to her? She had a whole gangster rap like mixtape. I made her because my uncle used to always try to take it from her. And she would get pissed. <laughs> <laughs> so what? What would would you talk about it with her? Like what drew her to that to to that album? Oh, she just because you know back in the day, hey kids, we watched music videos on MTV and BET, mm-hmm. and she would um even I don't know like we just would sit all the time and just watch music videos. That's probably how I got into music. Like I did, we sit and watch like pop up video on VH1, sure, Rap City on BET, and all this other shit. And I think just by looking at that stuff, it kind of drew her attention. She's like, oh, I like that, and it went and bought it. You know what's funny? Like with my dad, somebody told me that like when like when my brothers were in the like it was the seventies, right? So my dad grew up in like the forties and and listening to a lot of jazz and stuff like that. So anything with like a lot of horns. So when like the soul, when everything, all the soul and R and B hit in like the sixties, he loved all that stuff because there was a lot of a lot of horns, right? So mm-hmm. loved all that stuff. Ray Charles, Aretha Franklin, loved all that stuff, right? My dad, my brothers told me that like when, like in the early seventies, uh, Aretha Franklin had that song "Rock Steady," and my dad mm-hmm. would make them play it over and over and over till they were sick of it. But my dad <laughs> loved it, you know. So then, when it got into like uh, like the disco era hit, um, the, you know, it was a stuff, a bunch of stuff that my brothers didn't want to listen to, but my dad loved it because he liked all the. My my, uh, my brother told me he goes, "Do you know that Dad liked Wild Cherry?" Uh, like play that funky music. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. So he was just anything with like, I, and I think it's just, you get to a certain age and it reminds you of music that when you were young. So maybe for your grandma, it was just mm-hmm. something about that music, you know, the beat, something about it reminded her of something when she was younger. And, you know, so she was probably drawn to that, you know, maybe it was the samples, Very well could be. you know, but the crazy thing is that the chronic samples, a lot of parliament funkadelic, like George Clinton, but she didn't like parliament funkadelic. Oh, really? But she like maybe in the it's samples, weird. you know, I don't, I don't know what it is, man, because I know what Chuck D. She always says she liked the way his voice sounded. So that's yeah. probably I don't know what that's what that was. Chuck D. sounded like he was 10 feet tall. When I first heard I Chuck did. D., I seriously thought he was the biggest dude you've ever seen, you know? And, uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, that voice, you know, when you heard that voice, you're like, this is something different. Um, yeah. 
that's when I love love watching Hip Hop Evolution because that really showed you. I still need to watch that. It's good because it really shows you how it evolves. And then, like in the decade I grew up, like in the eighties, we had that. We I've been playing that game mixtape on my Instagram and mm-hmm. all that. And the the, mo- the what what song got the most response? It was the breakdancing song, right? Like, what song yeah. would you what song would you set a breakdancing routine to, right? Everybody answered that. People I never thought would know, you know, would talk about breakdancing answer that question. But if you look at the decade of the eighties and you 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 think about how Chuck D and you know Public Enemy came kind of came in, their their biggest hit was what Fight the Power, right? Maybe in, yeah, in that area. So that's eighty nine, right? Now look at yep. what now look at what I what I picked. My breakdancing song was Jam On It, Nucleus in eighty three. Mm-hmm. Right? Now look at the difference. Wicked, wicked, wicked. Yeah, look at the difference in just six years. What what hip hop did in like that short time. And oh, yeah. and when so when you heard, you know, a lot of early eighties hip hop was like I wouldn't even consider nucleus hip hop, but it was more like kind of electro dance, but it was in that Actually, genre. Yeah. yeah, it was in that, you know, but then you look at how hip hop in a few short years not only becomes legitimate, but now you have a voice like Chuck D. And you know, you and when I'm not kidding, when I first heard that voice, I was like, Who is this guy? Like, who, who is this man coming to uh, just you know, to literally, yeah, he really it was one of those things where you first heard it, you're like, Yeah, I've never heard anything like this before, you know. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, yeah, you should watch that show, it's cool to, to, uh, to hear. I don't know if I told you, I knew a guy who worked at the House of Blues. Uh, here in Southern California, worked at the House of Blues, and uh, he he was a busser. And uh, all of a sudden, um, I, I can't say the whole thing because my daughter's right here. But uh, <laughs> but uh, he, he he's working as a busser, and somebody and they, Public Enemy was going to perform at the House of Blues. So he's you know minding his own business, and somebody comes up and says, "Hey, uh, you know, is this?" Uh, I, I forgot what he asked him. He says something like, where can we set up? And uh, and uh, my friend turned around and he said, oh, are you with the band? And the guy just shot back, I'm Chuck D, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear you saying it too. Exactly, in that voice. He, I, he, mm-hmm. And my friend said, he goes, I've never been so scared in my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I never forgot that story, the way he told me. That's uh, hilarious. I can hear you. Oh, I just really thought about something too. You talking about the evolution. Just think about too, like, you had like uh, it was uh, the breaks and all that shit, and then go from that to Run DMC, like the party raps to Run DMC. Like yep. that. this was like a few years from each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you had that. You have that. You know, Curtis Blow. All those guys were trying to do. They were doing a little something more serious because you did have them. It was coming from like mainly like a dance music, right? And then you you have people mm-hmm. start doing like the message, you know, all that stuff. And uh, so there there was there were people trying to get a little more serious with it. And then uh, Run DMC kind of straddled that both a little bit, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's cool, it, and but it's funny because, like in your lifetime and my lifetime, uh, uh, you've seen it evolve to even it's still evolving oh, yeah. in a lot, and it's it's fast, you know. It changes, you know. We've had mm-hmm. like the the you know you had the in my time, then you, you East Coast West Coast, then you have Dirty South come up, and it's all kinds of stuff, all kinds of changes. Now it's your favorite, the mumble rap. Yeah, I know you like that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this, Brent. For, for you, what what do you think is your 
if you had to pick one year in rap to say this was the best year, what year would you say? I don't know if it's for sure, but the first thing that popped up in my head when you said that was 1991. 91? I'm thinking that's because I'm pretty sure that's the year like the Low End Theory by Trial Called Quest came mm-hmm. out and We Can't Be Stopped by the Ghetto Boys came out that year. But then 93 is a good year, too. It's uh, yeah, one of them, two probably. <laughs> well, the 90, all of the 90s, really. I mean, the early 90s, especially, because you're transitioning yeah, out of, back, yeah. yeah, you're transi- transitioning out of the 80s, and then you're getting into even more, you know, and it's getting, I mean, you know, look at look at the chronic. You, you're getting not only more, you're getting more sophisticated with this, with sampling, and you're getting more sophisticated with, the, mm-hmm. you're layering the records, and, and um, I always tell people, like, for me, a, a big turning point was, uh, uh, even though it, it's not as regarded, um, or it was kind of at the time, people didn't know what to make of it. But Paul's Boutique by the Beastie Boys really shows. Even though people might not think of them as like, like you know, hardcore hip hop, but if you look at the sampling on that album by the Dust Brothers, um, I mean, you can listen to that thing in headphones now, and that album's like ten layers deep on the sampling and stuff. And you can, it's one of those albums where you can just sit and listen to it beginning to end, and. Uh, a lot of that was happening too. So you, you're right. I think it would be. I think it would probably be. It would hard be for for me to pick one year early on. But, yeah. But uh, yeah, all those early Ice Cube albums were coming out then. Uh, mm-hmm. You had all kinds of stuff happening. You know. Yeah, '91 Death Certificate came out. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Man, that, that I don't know. I'm gonna have to think about that. I asked you without an answer myself. <laughs> But I know you like the because if you ask a lot of people, they always say like 1988 is usually the year most people go to. That's another good one. The 80s were a great time for it too, um, just because you know it was everybody was kind of all those early acts were at the top of their game, you know. So, mm-hmm. but it, the top 40 was weird in the 80s because you had people like like Michael Jackson and Prince were still high on the charts, and you know the, you mm-hmm. know Madonna, and it was like. Music was all over the place, so you could have people that were into hip hop and then turn around and you know be into Michael Jackson at the same time. So it was, it was just one of those things where there was a lot of music, and I think the rest of the music, as you go further into the '90s, there's more of a, of a gap between hip hop and everything else. But mm-hmm. yeah, where did you? Uh, <clears throat> I think we talked about this last time, but what was the first? Uh, do you remember the first hip hop album you bought with your own money? Yeah. Does that count? I mean, with my own money? Like, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. See, I used to bootleg stuff all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. Of course. No, it, thing is, I, I, I think the first thing I got like by myself it was with gift cards, so it technically wasn't my own money, but that first thing I went to the store and got was an EPMD out of business album, but then the first one I bought with actual money on my own was the Trial Call Quest Low End Theory album. Oh, that's cool. I just I just listened to uh, when my brother was in the hospital, uh my wife gifted me a Tribe Called Quest book, um, and uh, it's really good. And it was an it was an audio book, so I listened to it all the way, and it break down each album, and it kind of used each That's album as like, yeah, it was so good, and it just told the story of the of Tribe Called Quest as each album came out, like where they were as a group, you know, how they kind of started to you know split apart, you know, all that stuff. But it was it, it was really good, and, and they changed things in a lot of ways because it was number one a lot of uh, what, at the time when everything was kind of like split and there was still, you know, there's a lot of beef. Uh, they were kind of preaching a, a message of like positivity, you know, but mm-hmm. still, but still talking a little garbage. 
Still talking a little trash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on on uh, West Side Connection album, I'm pretty sure I think it was Mac 10 on one of those songs, like this Q-Tip on there, and the Q-Tip actually responded to it. Yeah, they talk about that in the book. I'll, I'll get the name mm-hmm. of it. I can't remember it right now. Uh, oh, no, it's Go Ahead in the Rain. It's Go Ahead in the Rain is the name oh, of the name book. Of book? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of my favorite uh, tracks, so I really like that he used that for the... Yeah, on that first album. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was another group that came out. You're like, what? What is this? What am I listening to? Like, this is, uh, <laughs> you know. And they were sampling more stuff that I knew from my dad, like a lot of the jazz and the blue note stuff and and stuff like that. So that was a whole other. All those albums. That was a cool time because every one of those albums you were exploring with your ears. You know, they all this these different sounds and it was cool. And I think hip hop does that better than a lot of other music where. They just, it's mm-hmm. like they, they paint like a whole soundscape for you. To, I can get nerdy and talk about hip hop for hours, so I'll just shut up. Oh, you and me both. We do it all the time <laughs> on our podcast, too. <laughs> uh, but so, the, actually, the point of the show is not hip hop, but I'm glad that we went off on that diversion. But um, I've been just trying to catch up with everybody and find out how you're dealing with uh, this whole quarantine. Like, how how are things for you? How What's changed for you, Brent? Uh, Not much. <laughs> That's good. You're in a good spot. I sit on the podcast. I feel like I've been training for this my entire life. Right? <laughs> I don't go outside anyway. Shit. Tell me stay in the house. That's wonderful. <laughs> now I don't have to make up a reason why I don't go outside. <laughs> I'm do the exact same thing I was doing before and during the quarantine. And that's ignore everybody. <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel, you know, like I said, I got my daughter into video games when she was younger and, uh, she she's like me. She's like a camel. She can spend a lot of time just chilling in the house, and uh, and so I told her you've been. I told her the same thing. I go, you've been preparing for this your whole life. You're ready. You got your mm-hmm. your video games and you're inside, and that's it. And, you know, and she's uh, she's actually gone a little stir crazy. She likes to go out and take a drive now and then um, with with my wife. So, but it, I spent. I was under the weather all week, so I spent literally a week and never went outside the house once. And uh, mm. but I grew up in the eighties; we could do that back then, you know. Mm-hmm. I had all my Star Wars toys when I was a kid. I wasn't going. Where was I going? <laughs> I couldn't drive. Right? Yeah, exactly. I had my Sega and my PlayStation One. I didn't need nothing else. Yeah. So, uh, are you? No, you. You are you? Are uh, you? Were you taking vacation this last couple of weeks, or were they? Did they move move you off of work? Nah, they uh, broke up our schedule because I work in an office building, but like probably two and a half thirds of the people are all gone, but people are still there. So I'm a custodian, if you didn't know. So I got to go in and clean up after some nasty motherfuckers, but it's not as many people there, so they don't really need us like that. So I'm a shift lead. (laughs) My homeboy's a shift lead, and then we got the manager. So one week he has him and his team, they go in for a week. Then uh, next week after that. The other shift league goes in, then I'm like, this coming week, I'm going in with my team. So it's basically work one week off two, work one week off two. Okay. So at least there's money coming in. (laughs) Yeah, there's money coming in for you. So that's good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, but you said there's not as many people in the office when you're there. So does the work, does the work take as long or do you, does, are you Mm -hmm. in and out? It's Well, we got, we got to stay there a certain amount of time. It's not the full eight hours, but they're like, yo, we need you to be here at least this amount of time doing something. But so we do, basically we do the majority of the stuff we got to do. And after that, we just go around and like, make sure everything look good, spray some extra shit off, like go wipe off door handles. There's no other shit people be touching too much. Yeah, of course. Right. Kill time to like an hour just doing stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. They come in and be like, oh, it smells so nice. I'm like, yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> now it's disinfected now don't breathe <laughs> uh 
start spraying people in the face with that shit. Oh, I would. I would. I'm not a thing. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was gonna say there's one thing though. There's a the guy, not the manager, but they got over the manager. They didn't got crazy, and they got these little guns. I think they're supposed to be used for paint, but they've been putting the dis like the, the chemicals in there, and they've been just spraying the shit out of everything. <laughs> so you go into like on like the elevator buttons, like you can see drip stains when they let it sit on there and didn't wipe it all off. So yeah. then we gotta go behind them and wipe shit off. So that's one annoying ass thing we gotta deal with. Yeah, you know what? Just just use your knuckle. Use your knuckle if you're gonna push the button. Use your knuckle or take your keys out of your pocket and do it that way. And then, oh, even before the quarantine, there's people that seem like they just go high five the top of the elevator every day. It's like they jump up and face or hand palm that bitch uh, every day. I wonder why. Why do people do that? Because they're assholes. Oh. <laughs> people yeah, people are trash. That's why. People don't understand that somebody <laughs> has to come and clean up after you. You know what I mean? Like, uh, oh, they don't care. We at the bottom. I tell you all the time. We at the bottom of the totem pole. They don't think about us. Until they be like, oh, thank you for your service, blah, 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 blah. and then they go spill coffee somewhere. Yeah, right. Pay me more. <laughs> Don't thank me for my service. Give me a raise. Give me a exactly. raise and give me a raise and some insurance. That was the main reason I took the shift lead position. They're like, hey, we think you'd be a good fit and all that. I'm like, okay, how much the pay raise though? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't need to. I don't need the praise. I know I'm doing a good job. How much does this pay me? See, I tell people, I was telling people, too, I know I'm good at my job because. It's me and three other people that's on my squad. When they saw that they had me, they were all happy. They were like, brave a sigh of relief. I'm like, yeah, because I'm that dude. <laughs> <laughs> hey, anything you're going to do, you do it right. You know, you do a good job and that's exactly. it. But uh, I'll be an asshole how you run around. I'm like, well, you done? All right, go sit down somewhere until we got laid. Fuck it. Well, you still watch wrestling when you're at work? I know sometimes you watch, uh, get a little wrestling. Um, not when I'm not like right now because like I said most of the time we actually up and moving around but on a normal day oh hell yeah <laughs> I you always gotta kill that time I always love when you would post clips and you'd be like we were watching this at work and busting up I'm like oh man oh it would be Lucha Underground yeah yeah uh, that did that end did they end Lucha Underground it I, did yeah I don't remember the ending anymore but yeah, it was three seasons I think they I don't think they like put like a final nail in it. I think they left it kind of open because they thought they might come back, but they're not coming back. No, because I think a lot of those wrestlers moved into the other. What's the other one? Um, a lot of them went to Impact. A couple Impact, to that's WWE, the one. And a couple were in AEW right now. Yeah. That was a fun show. I, I was sad I didn't get to go because it, it's they film it in downtown, and by the time I heard about it, it was already, like it had already caught on. So, you know, you had to, I guess the first season, somebody I know went and they said you could just walk you know they they had it was starting to get word of mouth, but the first few episodes they shot, um, not everybody knew about it. And I guess they were doing like two. They do like two episodes, so they would do a whole thing. They would break, and they'd ask the audience to come back. So I guess there was like a little dive bar across the street. So the whole audience would mm-hmm. just go flood the bar, get drunk, and come back. So that's whatever the second <laughs> episode was. Everybody in the audience was just hammered and screaming. So. It seemed like it would have been a fun atmosphere to watch because I like the idea oh, that it's yeah. a small arena. I love that. I love that it's like you know the cheapest seats are you know are, are way up high, but you're in this tiny arena, so it's it's better than going to see like WWE at the at the sports arena or whatever you know, mm-hmm. where you could be like forty miles away. You know, my my little nephew, he's into wrestling, and my brother took him. It's his grandson. My brother took him to see uh, WWE when they were here in L.A. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, in the in the winter time, and he said the kids got bored because there was so much, uh, so yep. much talking. There was so much talking. Yeah. 
And it's three, and depending on what they, if they went to go see Raw, that's three hours long. Yeah, I think it was Raw, yeah. They do like a little thing beforehand. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's a little, four hours of talking. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's, after a while, the kids were just like, come on, I want to, I remember my brother took me, we went to the, I think it was the sports arena or the Olympic auditorium out here, and it was in 80, it was right before the first WrestleMania, and we probably mm-hmm. saw, in two hours, we probably saw six or seven matches. It, mm-hmm. Including Hulk Hogan, yeah, yeah, we we probably saw six or seven matches, and uh, it was cool, man. It was fun. Like I was super into wrestling back then. Uh, you know, when you're like eleven or twelve, that you're just like, that's the best thing uh-huh. ever. That's when I first got into it too, and then I fell out for almost a decade and came back. Yeah, it's huge right now. There's so many wrestling podcasts. <laughs> so many wrestling podcasts and then even the wrestling even the podcasts that aren't like like what were they thinking you know like the you know those guys and then they're in they're in the business or well i'm about to say they're both in there yeah, yeah they're in the business so it's cool um i i love that it's back i really don't follow it that much anymore because it's just i feel like i gotta invest time in the storylines and stuff and whereas before that's the thing you could just pick it up you could be like okay i'm gonna watch this guy and then watch the matches now you got to pick up storylines and it's like i don't know it's not as fun. That's why I kind of liked uh, Lucha Underground because there was a little bit of a storyline, but it was like it didn't matter, you know? Yeah, it was like a dumb B movie storyline. Yeah, well, it was a novella. It was really a, like a like a Mexican soap opera. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, you'd still get four or five matches an episode. You know, it was only an hour long too, so it was like a breeze to sit through. Where, like I said, you know, WWE you got three hours to sit through that shit. Yeah, yeah. I, well, it's just it's money though. You know, that all those guys making oh, yeah. money. They're all the superstars, and people mm-hmm. want to pay to be in those arenas and hold up signs and all that stuff. So you can't blame them. <laughs> Give the people what they want. But um, yeah, yeah, we're gonna do. Uh, I, go ahead. I was. I kind of fell off of WWE for a little bit. I've been watching AEW more than new, and I like that one way better. Really good stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot closer to Lucha Underground than WWE right now. I might have to check it out. I'm gonna have to check it so out. I think if you like Lucha Underground, I think you would like that because they do a lot more of like the flippy type shit like Lucha Underground. Yeah. Too. What I loved about they the Lucha hit each other with the chairs and shit. What I love about the Lucha Underground is they just brought so they they they'd mix it up so you have like American dudes like uh, what was that guy's name Cage the Machine who ended up marrying Brian the, Cage. Yeah. yeah, he married the the ring announcer. They have a baby. I you know the Santos. Yeah, and uh, I'm not gonna say whether or not she was a big part of the reason I would watch it, but I'm just going to say, I'm going to put it out there, but, um, I'll, I'll say, it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, uh, but I used to love that they would mix that up and they'd bring in like these dudes from Mexico. Right. And they're like fat mm-hmm. dudes. They're like these fat, they look like me out there. And then they're doing the, the high flying stuff and they're, you know, flying off the ropes and they're doing the flips. And you're like, you know, that's what I always loved about Lucha Libre. It just looked like somebody's uncle was under a mask out there. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> but they know how to do it. It's a it's an art form. It really is. And then uh, oh, if you watch AEW, they got a Pentagon Junior Phoenix are on AEW. Oh, I'm gonna check it out. What what channel is it on? Yeah, uh, TNT. Oh, nice. Okay. I'll check it out. It's on a good channel. All right. Yeah, I was really hoping Lucha Underground, because that was um Robert Rodriguez was producing that, so he is on uh, the L. Ray channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was hoping it would it would take off. Four seasons isn't bad, you know, but uh, yeah. I, I wanted it to be a thing because, like, it, it was you know, it was kind of here in L. A. Like, it was local. It was cool, you know. I w- but uh, it's it's hard to it's hard to start something like you got a, mach- a juggernaut like the WWE. You gotta you gotta really be putting out product, you know. 
I honestly think if it was on a channel like TNT won that because L Ray was like a premium, you had to add, like add extra money for that channel. Yeah, so yeah. if it was on the other one like USA or something, they probably would have did better. Well, look at it this way, bro. I mean, I'm gonna I'll say it this way: the audience you need probably doesn't want to or isn't gonna or can't afford to pay the premium to get that channel. You know, that's the thing. I had to buy the episodes individually on Amazon. I didn't have L Ray. Yeah, yeah, because I, I didn't. I didn't even know that channel existed. And then it was like, oh, exactly. it's, not, it's not in our. <laughs> it's not in our cable channel. You know, it's not in our cable package. It's like they should make that mm-hmm. a basic channel because people would like that. You know, any of our. If there's something brown, if you put a show with brown people on it, I'm gonna watch it. You know, at least <laughs> at least try to support it for a couple of episodes before I bail out. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you know so. Something like that. If they had put it, yeah, you're right. If they had put it on USA or one of the, the, the just the, the the lower tier cable channels, it would it would have been huge, I think. But you know that's why I do this, and I'm not a I'm not a wrestling promoter. I'm not Vince McMahon. I'm glad. Well, he just lost. It. He the XFL went bankrupt again. It's the bad thing. It's not because it was actually doing kind of better this time too. But this the the coronavirus fucked. Up. Yeah. It, well, I think we're going to see a lot of very different. Um, I think I, I try to think of like what the world's going to look like afterwards. I think we're going to be looking at it's going to you know what it's going to be like, dude. It's going to be exactly like um, uh, Demolition Man because uh, it's it's, it's going to be all the big corporations that survive. We'd be walking around with moo-moos on, eating Taco Bell nachos. Now we know why I use the three seashells, bro. We ran out of toilet paper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why they was doing that little weird handshake too, where they didn't actually touch each other. That high five or whatever. Yeah. I just watched that again because I know that's one of your favorites. So it's funny because absolute I'll, ten plus. I'll hear you and PJ and uh, the Spirit talk about movies sometimes, and I'll have to go. You know what? I got to dig that movie out or or uh, look for it. But I'm holding on to Torque. I won Torque in the Home Video Hustle Patreon <laughs> draw. And I'm actually going to make the guys watch that for the Digital Movie Club. I can't wait. Yep, yep, yep. We, we did it. I fucking hated that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make them watch Even all the... Cube in it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make him watch all the Fast and the Furious movies, too, just because I have them. So uh, we're going to watch them. So. Uh, you got to have Steve Izzy. Just, they're doing that right now, I think, too. I just did five with them. I did Fast Five with them. Uh, and and it we was, did six. <laughs> uh, what did you... What was your... How was your... I got to listen to that episode. Did you enjoy six or no? I love six. That's my favorite one out of all of them. Uh, five is when it starts to get good for me. I, I'm bored up until five. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the thing. I, I love the first one. The first one I actually really like. The second one is the absolute fucking worst. I hate that movie. <laughs> yeah, that one's bad. And the rest and then, of them are fine until five. <laughs> the second one is in Miami, right? The second one is with... Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why'd they go to Miami? I hate that movie. I don't know. I don't remember. I watched it once. It said never again. <laughs> what I love about it though is like you start to see in any franchise there's key scenes right so it, it's like mm-hmm. in, like in a James Bond movie right he's always going to go to like he's always going to gamble he's always gonna, there's always going to be a scene where he's dressed in a tuxedo you know oh, yeah. you start to hit those you scenes. Hear the Bond James Bond yeah yeah exactly you gotta fuck like three women in each movie or something yeah and then you get <laughs> exactly and then you get into the Fast and the Furious and it's like well the key scene is always you gotta have a street race no matter what it is no matter how wanted they are, they always got to show up at a street race, even if the movie yes. itself is not about street racing. You know, they've always got to run. They some, aren't anymore. Yeah, and you, but they always got to. Somehow they work a street race into it. You know, um, it's funny because um, I, I hate those movies less 
as they get more complicated and more convoluted, I love them more. As the dumber they get. Yeah, yeah, because it's that's all I want. Just give me. Don't try to be serious in like the. You know what I mean? Like, uh, mm-hmm. give me the like Tokyo Drift tries to get all serious on you and stuff. Give me yeah. five. I just want to see stuff that doesn't make sense. I want to see dragging s- safe down the street. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. That's some dumb shit. Oh, stupid. The stupidest. But there's a point. There's a tipping point for me where I'll think something is ridiculous and dumb. But if you keep going, it's like a joke that you keep repeating. It will it will uh-huh. eventually be funny, right? So if you just keep it dumb, <laughs> eventually you'll win me over. Like, it's like, oh, that was really stupid. And uh, But it was so stupid, I kind of respect you for being that stupid. Exactly. That's always the thing on Home Video Hustle. The dumber the movie is, the higher the score is probably going to get. Yeah, we we were we're the opposite on the on the superiority complex. It's uh, <laughs> the better the movie, the lower score it's going to get from uh, Justine. So that's <laughs> I did. Li- I had to go back and re-listen to y'all because I had just watched Escape from New York for the first time. I didn't really like that shit. You know what's funny? I was thinking about that because I know you didn't like it, and uh, it's funny with with Carpenter. You're real hit or miss because the movies you the John Carpenter yeah. movies you like you love because I know mm-hmm. you like the thing. I know you like Halloween. Yep, yep. Yeah, and then and then but you're kinda you were kinda cool on um on Big Trouble in Little China and you were cool yeah, it was all right. <laughs> yeah. And you were cool on and so I was trying to think, I was like, what is it? Is it because you like Kurt Russell in the thing, right? So it's not Kurt Russell. Favorite horror movie of all time. Yeah, mine too. Uh so I was really trying to think, but I think it might be it's the sillier John Carpenter that you really don't like, maybe. Because how do you feel about They Live? I love They Live though. <laughs> See, it's funny. I was just watching that. And that fight scene between Roddy Piper and Keith David that goes on for 20 minutes, that's still one of mm-hmm. my favorite scenes. Like, <laughs> just how ridiculous you, it is. If you ever play, I think it's Saints Row 4, you know, they recreate that fight in the game. And you actually play as like Roddy Piper for a little bit. Do you really? That's funny. Put the glasses on. I find the clip. <laughs> <laughs> Put these glasses. He's in that Roddy Piper voice. It's so funny. Um, I think they even said before they were, a couple of those hits were real too. Like they fought so much that they really got into a fight for a second. I can. It looked like it. It looked and and <laughs> Keith David does not look like somebody I'd want to mess with in real life. Uh, I know to this day even like I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Even when I hear him, like he narrates all the Ken Burns documentaries. Right, mm-hmm. and I still hear that voice. He did the Jackie Robinson documentary, and as soon as I heard it, I was—I it took me back to that scene where I was like, "This guy kicked Roddy Piper's ass." Um, <laughs> but he tells from the hood too, if you ain't seen it, because he plays the devil in that. Yes, movie. yes, yeah, he's always good. He's always so good and underrated, like uh, underused. They don't use him enough. I loved him in um, Platoon. He's in Platoon, and I love mm-hmm. to see him Platoon. And uh, he's always one of those guys that every time you see him, uh, you know he's going to do good work. You know, you're like, okay, cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, even in whack ass movies like that, I remember the Chronicles of Riddick. I remember that being super whack, but he was cool. In it, yeah. 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 He, even in a bad movie, he turns up and you're like, okay, this uh, for the next five minutes, I'm going to be entertained. You know, it's like Sam, mm-hmm. Samuel Jackson in Deep Blue Sea. You're like, what is he doing here? And then he has that one scene. You're like, okay, that's what he was doing here. The most memorable scene in the whole movie. And he knew it, too. He knew it when he signed on. Have no doubt he knew. Uh, I was watching... um, I can't think of the actor's name. I was watching really horrible movie with... uh, 
uh, in the, it was an 80s movie, and we used to watch it at the video store I worked at called Armed and Dangerous with mm. uh, John Candy and uh, oh, U- Eugene yeah. Levy. They play security guards, and then young Meg Ryan is in it. But uh, one of the guys that's uh, one of the bad guys is Debo. Debo's in it. <laughs> and I'm like, look, Ego, even, even as a young man, they're already casting him as like this. And he was big. There's a scene where he's like working out at the gym. You're like, dang, man, oh, this, yeah. guy, this guy is just, that's another guy I would not want to mess with. Like, I believe that scene in Friday is actually like a documentary. <laughs> I think it, I think it was the 85 when No Holds Bar came out where he's fighting Hulk Hogan. Yeah, 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 exactly. But you know what? He's another guy. Like when you see him or they have him act like, you know, I'm you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Fifth Element, but I love him as the president. Yeah, I love him yes. as the president. It's like <laughs> I, I buy it. I, it's like, you know. So what is it about Fifth Element that you don't like exactly? You know what it is? And, you know, I've watched it. At the, at the time, I didn't like the whole Chris uh, uh, Chris Tucker thing. Chris Tucker. I didn't like the Chris Tucker thing. I like Chris Tucker. I, I just didn't. That. I just didn't like that role because it kind of took me out of it. But, it was annoying as hell at points. Yeah, but I yeah he gets annoying, and so it, and then it's just kind of like um, uh, I don't know, man. It just looks like like Bruce Willis needs a bath, and. Uh, <laughs> Bruce, here's a Bruce Willis stick for you. You know, every actor has like a thing they do, right? Like every actor will mm-hmm. do like a little nervous tick or they'll do the same thing over. Bruce Willis yeah. always finds a way, believe it or not, watch Die Hard and tell me if it's not true. He will always find uh, a way to wipe his armpits with a towel. I don't know what it is, but he always does the thing. It's not what you say that. I can picture it too. That's the bad thing. So you're probably right. <laughs> he always finds a way to wipe his armpits with a towel. I always, I don't know why I notice it. Just like Tom Cruise always has to have a scene where he's running. Like, you know, mm-hmm. every movie, you got to put a scene. He goes to the director, look, let me just set the camera down and let me run past. Like, you know, it's in every movie. But uh, <laughs> Bruce Willis, for for whatever reason, Always has to wipe his armpits with a towel, and it's uh, for I don't know I, why. I think even we just we got like what well, episode is out now? It's like the midnight. We just did Die Hard Avengers, and I think he actually did do it in that mm-hmm. movie too. I'm pretty sure he does. My wife is super excited about that episode. By the way, that is yeah, her. Dirt, is this her? Is she the reason why we did it? <laughs> oh, that's great. That's her favorite. That's her favorite uh, Die Hard. You know, mm, that was her Patreon pick for us. That uh, she, when, you know, you know when you when you find a girl that likes Die Hard three and she's never seen Die Hard one, that's a keeper. You know, you know that you, <laughs> you know that you're in good shape. So you just you, so got, you hold on to that. My girl likes Die Hard three, but doesn't like the original one. I, we finally finally got my wife to finish it this year. We started it last Christmas, never finished it. We finished it this year, and she liked it. It was fine, but she likes three better. Mm-hmm. Why does Spirit like three and not one? What, what, what's the... I, I think she said it's like one is all okay. I think she just always said she likes to throw more because of Samuel Jackson. Mm-hmm. I remember that's the biggest reason I think. <laughs> I remember the I remember laughing like super loud when, uh, uh, and I think I was the only one laughing. But it was just the way he delivered the line when they cut to uh they 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 have the gold bricks and then the next scene mm-hmm. you see is they're driving away in the guys you go <laughs> and Samuel Jackson looks back and goes that guy was pissed it was just the way he said it cuz he didn't <laughs> he didn't, he doesn't deliver it like it, he just sounds like a dude saying it like like if we were in a car and mm-hmm. i pointed somebody out to you it was just the way he delivered that line that really it for some reason and i will say that all the time that guy was pissed <laughs> 
And I always think of <laughs> Sam Jackson saying that line because it just seems like such a good, good delivery of that line. But I remember just laughing, and I could not stop laughing at how he said it. But uh, like she laughs at that part too. Yeah, that part afterwards where he's like, because the bristle was like, oh, he'll be happy once he looks in the back. So he's like, oh shit, that was my gold bar. He's all sad. Yeah, he, Samuel Jackson is good in that. I love it. I love that role. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the first use of shaky cam. That was before Blair Witch. When they're on the boat for that half a second, all of a sudden it goes to a handheld, and you're like, why am I looking at this shot? Talk about a movie I don't care for. I never got the Blair Witch movie. I guess you just had to be there at the time, I guess. Brent, I got news for you. I was there at the time. I don't get it either. <laughs> Still didn't like it, huh? Uh, you know, I mean, I want horror. I want, I want it to be scary. Like, I, like I get it. it. I understand. the. I think what it was is the way they hyped it was like, they started, it was like one of the early like viral campaigns. Like people didn't know if it was mm-hmm. real, but you know, they said that, you know, they put this story out that these kids really disappeared and the, like the marketing and all that of the movie was, was fantastic. And when I finally saw the movie, I was oh, like, yeah. I was like, yeah, it was the okay. boring as fuck. <laughs> oh my God. They piled rocks outside, Brent. Isn't that scary? <laughs> because when I tell people that they get mad at me because they're like, Oh, you just don't like real horror. It's all about the suspense and the buildup and dread. I'm like, man, I don't give a fuck what it's about. If I fall, if I fell asleep twice, which I did, no, I take that back. I fell asleep three times actually with that movie and woke up. And when it was over, I just went right back to sleep. <laughs> it's like it did nothing for me. I think it was Roger Ebert that had a rule: if you look at your watch more than twice. It's- it's uh, too long. Oh yeah, yeah. We do that on uh, on the podcast. I can, every time I check the timer, I make a little dash in the corner of my notes to be like, how many times I checked the timer with a movie. <laughs> I've heard you mention it before, and uh, oh, you, it's gotten it's gotten up to like six before. So, well, you guys, your thing is you guys watch. See, here's the thing about what we do on this podcast is this is all movies from my collection, so I know I'm gonna like them, right? So yeah. for me, the trick is showing a movie that I really like or appreciate. And then having other people, you know, you still get defensive about what you like, even though you act like mm. you don't care, right? But you, you want, if you want to show somebody a movie that you really like, right? You want them to yep. like it. So uh, on some level, you want them to like it. So for me, the fun is when I really love when they all hate it because that makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. It makes me laugh because it was like, because we're coming up on some movies that I know they're going to hate that uh, only <laughs> only I like or only you and I would like or me and my brother or something like that you know mm-hmm. so I'm gonna we're coming up to more of the of the the worst picks you know of the right now it's pretty much been all solid classics so um, yeah but for you you guys watch such a varied uh, amount of movies and then you guys take a lot of we learned our lesson with the audience participation in Zardoz <laughs> Because Jeff really hosed us on that, man. I'm still getting over that. You know. Hey, guess what? That's coming soon, bro. I have it. <laughs> you know, on Mystery Science Theater, when they said they never got over Manos, like they really, it really hurt them on like a like a like a deep level. That's what Zardoz did to everybody on our show. So, like, the gun is good, Mario. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth watching to see. Just like you're like, what is going on? Like, but I. I remember Brent as a kid. They would there was a channel here in L.A., KTLA Channel Five, and mm-hmm. they were one of those stations that back in the day before there were like the CW. It's the CW network here in L.A. now, but before the CW, it was just a small independent. They were known for having really good news, right? The news at ten it was like local reporting. They used to get all these awards, but that's all they were known for. And on the weekends, they had like family film festival and then during the week they would show like all the movies it was one of those places you would see all the movies and they would 
dude, you'd see the westerns, you'd see all the war movies, you'd see the old monster movies, all that on Channel 5. And they used to advertise, and that was like my go-to movie station. They had all the stuff that I used to like to watch. Whenever they would advertise Zardoz, just the commercial would make me go, nope. (laughs) (laughs) The commercial would... opposite reaction. I saw it and I was like, I got to see what the fuck this is. (laughs) (laughs) The commercial bored me as a kid. And uh, so I was just like, nah, I never want to see this. And I I lived my whole life without seeing it, Brent. I made it. I made it 40 plus years. And then Jeff reared his head and was like, guess what you're watching? <laughs> Shout out to Jeff, because I'm glad he picked that. As I was, so you were expecting to give something like, I don't know, like, I don't know, Enter the Dragon, or, you know, a Kung Fu movie or something. Yeah. like, no, watch Zardoz. Yeah. He's going to make me watch Dirty Ho or, you know, the story of Ricky, you know? He's going to make... Or, well, I got that one, too. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's... Yeah, I wanted to see... So he was going to give me some eclectic Kung Fu movie I'd never heard of, you know? And, uh, nope, he gave me Zardoz. Uh, so. Fucking Zardoz, it's like something we would get yours. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. So you guys are like you guys go a lot of luck of the draw. So I'm oh, al- yeah, literally with the bag. <laughs> I'm always fascinated to watch because you guys pick a lot of and you pick from all kinds of genres. There's no way to mm-hmm. to know what you're gonna you 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 constantly surprise me because I think you, I have you figured out and then you pull a movie out and I'm like I would have never guessed Brent would <laughs> would like would like that movie or you know. Uh, so I, I love it because poor PJ is just along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I told you from the beginning, I said, like, you got to be ready to watch whatever the fuck I throw out there. He's like, oh, I can do it. And then I like throw out Song of the South. And it's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> even though granted, he I think he actually that's the thing. The real, real bad ones that he really like gets those to fuck with. He usually picks them. I'll just I'll throw it out there like, oh, you know, there's this movie called Cannibal Holocaust. That's about this. He's like, oh, let's do that. And then he watches it. He's like. Why did we watch that? Like, you wanted to? I just mentioned it. Like, we ain't have to watch it. That's so funny. <laughs> Poor guy. He, he, you, uh, you, you get you, you let him dig his own grave. Really, pretty much. That morbid curiosity gets you, man. It, I, listen, we've all been burned by a by a sexy video box cover. You know, <laughs> B- back in the That's day, one right? Thing, one thing we haven't done yet that I've always joked about, and I swear I might do it one day just to fuck with people, but just do porn. <laughs> just find a find a porn parody movie. <laughs> well, you kind of did with the vacuum movie. What was the, the uh, what was the, that was early on too. Oh, that's episode eight. Yeah, that's the oversex rug suckers from Mars. Uh, I remember listening to that because I had just, I found you guys, I think maybe episode, I want to say I probably found you guys around episode three or four. And you were, you had posted in the Mystery Science Theater, uh, yeah. in the Mystery Science Theater forum that you had a podcast. And I, I was like, uh, I was like, oh, I'm going to check this out, and I think I came in on because I'll usually do that if I'm if I'm going to start a new podcast, I'll listen to the most current one, then I'll go back and listen to like one and two. So I caught up right away, but I remember listening to that as like a fresh episode and just <laughs> hearing you guys like try to like figure figure your way through it. It was funny. It was it was funny to cut because you guys didn't know what it was, and uh, had you you had you heard that? Had you seen that before? I had seen it before. Yeah, PJ had. Yeah, PJ I was. It. it was in my DVD collection. PJ was really. He did not know what to think, and I don't think you gave him any kind of uh, warning about what he was about to see. No, I never do. <laughs> and I think because the that videos come out after we record most times, so he can't even look at the trailer. It's like, no, just hit play. When I knew, <laughs> when I knew I was going to like you guys for, I mean, like when I really knew that uh, this was going to be 
a good podcast was when you were doing what episode was Chuck Turner? Episode five. Episode five. I think I may have been. I think episode four might have been my first one. But I remember was, uh, what the fuck? it was the Shokushugi movie. What's the name of that movie? Fuck, I can't remember the name. Of it. Pray for death. It might have been that might have been my first one. But I remember when you guys talked about dummy kills in Truck Turner. <laughs> I yeah. was like, I'm on board with these guys. I was like, you know, only a certain person would look for a dummy kill, and it was like, I, I like, I like this, uh, I like where this is going, because uh, you're going to start looking for those details that other people miss. Oh, uh, we still have yet to find a better dummy kill than Truck Turner. I implore you people to go out there and tell me a better one than Truck Turner, and I will tell you how wrong you are. I'll tell you there's the not one better than Truck Turner. I'll tell you the absolute worst uh, dummy kill that I just okay, saw. What's that? Well, I'm doing my homework ahead because we're about to do a Schwarzenegger double feature, and Ooh. we're going to be watching Terminator, the original, and Commando. And oh, shit. at the end of Commando, when he goes up to the island and he's going to go get his daughter, there's a scene where he, he blows up the uh, like the, the barracks, the army barracks. Mm-hmm. Watch carefully. In the front of one of the barracks, there's two dummies. They have them standing, like, propped up. And they don't even the dummies don't the explosions do nothing to the dummies. They're just standing there, they're just still standing. There. Yeah, and they, they're showing it from like three different angles, and the dummies aren't moving. And you can see the you can see the the thing they have like a brace that they're propped up against. It doesn't move. So just watch it. I think one of them loses a hat, maybe. But that's <laughs> just it. Blew the hat off. That was it. Yeah, yeah. That was it. That, that, a, and I've noticed that's it before, but I forgot about it, and I saw it again. I was like, oh yeah, that's the worst dummy kill. That's the opposite of Truck Turner. That was a good dummy kill, by the way. The Truck that Turner. Is, man, that's just like four dudes with shotguns just unload on a dummy at once. It <laughs> just barrel rolls up the street. It's the best. <laughs> I don't remember what YouTube video it was, but at the end of one of them YouTube videos, I just rewound. I let it play like five or six times in a row, and I was editing that with like tears in my eye laughing at it. That's like the stingers I used to do on MST3K. Yeah. I just watched one last night because sometimes when I can't sleep, I'll flip it onto Pluto, the MST3K mm-hmm. channel. And it oh, was, always. Me too. Yeah, and it was Hercules versus the captive women. Captive women. And there's that scene yeah. where he's like uh, under a spell, and the stinger was uh, – was somebody yelling Hercules and you just see him staring at the camera <laughs> and it was the middle of the night and Nicole was asleep and I was trying not to lose my shit in the middle of the night because I was laughing so hard because some of those they picked are just perfect yeah oh man that- I think one of my favorite ones I think it's like one of the earliest ones too I think it's the Rocket, Rocket Ship XM episode I think one of them Rocket movies and it's like a blind dude like there's a like the sirens are going off everybody's running around the sidewalk panicking it's like a blind dude like just walking normally, like nothing going on, but then he just drops his cane, throws his arms up, and just says, "Help!" <laughs> That's uh, Rocket Attack USA. Okay, I think it was one of the Rocket ones. Okay. It, it was Rocket Attack USA. <laughs> yeah, he just goes, "Help!" That should have in tears every time <laughs> I see it. <laughs> you know what? I my daughter started watching that with me when uh, when we were. I think her first movie we watched was Time of the Apes. We're talking about Mystery Science Theater. Uh, what is your favorite quote from Mystery Science Theater? She has a couple of them, but one of the ones I always like to do is from the Creeping Terror. Uh, do you remember that one? And the grandpa's the killer carpet movie. Yeah, the grandpa's fishing, <laughs> and he keeps going, Bobby, Bobby, and then, and then uh, Tom Server starts doing it. Oh my god, I can't. When I when I get when I think about it, I'll no Brent. I'll be by myself. Nobody will be around. I'll just go, Bobby, and uh, it makes me laugh every single time. <laughs> 
I know one of my favorite ones because I used to do it to people and it would always piss them off, especially when I did it to my grandma a lot of times. But sometimes, like when people were like falling asleep, they would just be like, sleep! <laughs> and I'll do, I used to do it to my grandma all the time and we scared the shit out of her and she would be so pissed every time. Oh, hold on. We got a spider in here. Oh, this, that's a big one, too. Oh, it's no, it's a mosquito. That's a skeeter. Hold on a second. We're, we're going to pause quickly for station identification <laughs> while I kill this mosquito before. Let I'm not kidding. Get superpower. I'm not kidding, Brent. This is like, I need McCready in here with a flamethrower now. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on one second. Okay, we're back, everybody. The uh, mosquito hey. has been taken care of. Uh, I gave it three full blasts from my chanclas, and uh, it just laughed at me. It was serious. Oh, oh, Mike, it sounded like he was licking shots at it. I was like, he should got gunshots in his back. <laughs> Can you imagine? I wouldn't bother. I would just burn the house down if it was like, I, I don't bug. Uh, the only thing that bugs me are, uh, like, mosquitoes don't bother me. Uh, I just don't want to get bit. You know what potato bugs are? Those, uh, not the little oh, yeah. roly polies, but those big, giant, ugly looking cricket. Oh, God. Oh, the bigger ones. Okay, yeah. Those big, yeah, they're called potato bugs. Google it and then happy, sweet dreams because they are terrifying. <laughs> What uh, what was your favorite kind of movie they would do on Mystery Science Theater? Because they did a lot of different types of movies. Did you have a, a favorite? Newer, newer ones, like ones from like the 80s and forward were always some of my favorite ones because those always seem to be dumber. Yeah. Well, there was those, like, when they went to sci-fi, they found some really good, bad, yeah. like, uh, Future War. and uh, that's, the, that's hilarious. That, I think that was the newest movie they did at the time. It was in, like, 97. It was only out for, like, a year. Yeah, they did <laughs> some yeah, they did a couple of – when they went over to sci-fi, I kind of uh, – I I didn't have any problem with any – like, I like all eras. I like Mike. I like Joel. I like, uh, you know, I like the new Crow. I like the I like Bill Corbett as Crow. I like, you know, mm-hmm. the original Crow. Um, they all brought something different to it. I didn't mind any of that. So uh, for wow. me, my favorite movies were when they would do the uh, the 50s kind of like teen movies. Those, <laughs> those were always my favorite because I don't know – you just – I, they, those movies were always on TV when I was a kid, and then uh, you'd the see beat Nicks and shit. Like oh, that. Yeah. Uh, Girls Town was the first one I ever saw. Girls Town, <laughs> and that's still probably my favorite because it has the uh, so many jokes. That that thing is just that's one of the some of them they would do. They would kind of be quiet and let like just kind of let the movie play out because it was so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But that one was one that I think the jokes were. There was like I don't know how many jokes a minute, but it was a good one. Maybe only second to like the movie for jokes. Yeah, any any of the ones in that like the fucking cave dwellers and shit, like you said, like Space Mutiny. Oh, that's Boggy Creek. Like any of them dumb eighties ones are always some of my favorite. The Final Sacrifice and shit. Did you uh, did you like the uh, Netflix run? I loved it. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was. I'm just mad that they canceled it. I know. Well, oh, you know what? While while we're talking about MSG3K, because we always end up talking about it. How was this last live show? Because my wife and my daughter and I went to the last two before. We didn't go to the one this year. How was it? Oh, I was pretty good. They uh, did No Retreat, No Surrender to Jean-Claude Van Damme in the early movies. Oh, no. I would have loved to see that one. Bro. Actually, uh, Mike Baffert was there, so I actually got to see him in person. He's the first listener to the podcast I've seen in person so far. That's cool. Mikey Bags. I just saw him today on Zoom. Uh, played... Um, we played a, a group. We, it was a bunch of listeners uh, from the Rock Solid podcast with Pat Francis. We played uh, Name That Tune on Zoom. And uh, the two kink songs, that's right, my band. Mm-hmm. The, the, I've done three episodes with Pat about the kinks. Mikey Bag stole one of my answers. Uh, <laughs> I'm too old, man. I couldn't think of it. I was like, eh, 
I couldn't say my own name. But it was good to see him, yeah. Good old Mikey Bags, man. It was crazy because I was sitting there because the Spirit had bought me tickets. She bought me like the VIP expensive tickets. So I was like right in the front. So shout out to Spirit for doing that. Yeah, shout out to the Spirit. But I was sitting there and I, I looked at my phone. It was vibrating. I got a message and it was from Mike. He says, uh, hey, are you at the Mystery Science Theater show? And I was like, yeah, yeah. I posted about it earlier. So I was like, oh, he probably asked about it. And he was like, hey, is that you in the front row? I, was, I looked at I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> And I was like, I don't know. Send me a picture and I'll tell you. And he sent me a picture and it was me. My back. I'm like, oh, yeah, that is me. Nice. <laughs> How tall is Mikey Bags? I figure Mikey Bags, I'm going to say 6'2". I mean, see, I think I'm like 5'9 or 5'10 or some shit like that. So he was taller than me, I think. So probably about six foot, bro. Okay. All right. Yeah, he's cool. It was it was good to see him. Uh, you know, it was good to meet him today live because he's always such a good supporter of everybody's shows on Twitter and uh, mm-hmm. and everything. He, he's always uh, responding, and he's he's cool. He's a cool guy and uh, obviously knows more about my favorite band than I do, so that's fine, too. Yeah. I'm not worried about yeah, fellow it. Fellow Ohio and Tusa, shout-out. Hey. Hey, <laughs> all the shout-outs. Uh, yeah, that's cool. I'm glad that he was there. That's cool that he likes Mystery Science Theater. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny when you meet somebody who likes that show. Um, yeah. It's really like being in a, in like a secret club. It's, it's not as like working well, out with the podcast and being on Twitter and everything. It's, it's a lot more common. But back when I was younger, I would say that and people would be like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. Only one person knew that show. Up and it was my friend, Mary. She was the only person that knew of it because her dad watched it. Oh, Nobody else knew what the hell I was talking about. <laughs> I was dating a girl for a while before my wife and I got together. And uh, I had heard about Mystery Science Theater. You know, I just... Heard it, you know, I think, you know, probably reading magazines or whatever. And I didn't have that channel it was on. It was on the the comedy channel early on, which became yeah. Comedy Central. And I didn't have that channel. And um, I really wanted to watch it. And I would catch clips of it here and there. You know, I'd be at somebody's house and we'd be watching. And I was like, i got to see this show. It looks like it's right up my alley, you know. And uh, I mm-hmm. was dating a girl at the time and she would not. I would try to watch it at her house and she would immediately flip the channel. So when me and my wife got together, we you know it, it was on for ten years initially, right? So yeah. I, I it was years, years went by, and I never got to see the show. And then uh, my wife had a friend that she used to work with, and they're still friends to this day. She moved to Colorado to go to college, and she would tape it and send us the tapes, and mm. uh, that's how I'd watch Mystery Science Theater. We probably have about three or four tapes, you know, in you know with like three episodes each. And uh, mm-hmm. and that that's how we first started watching it, and that's how we had to watch it. And so I would watch those tapes over and over and over because it would make me laugh. And then, yeah, um, yeah, and then they started releasing them on video, so we got them that way. And when I finally got cable, it was canceled. And then, but when uh, <laughs> when me and my wife first got married, it was they moved it over. It came back, and they moved it over to Sci Fi. So mm-hmm. I I taped all those episodes, you know, and then. Uh, that was it for how many years? Ten years? Longer than that, right? She lost it longer than that. Almost, it's, I, damn, they're close to like fifteen, I think. And how did you get into? It? I forgot. Was it your grandma that got you into? Your grandma would watch it with you. Was it your yeah, uncle? Yeah, no, that was my uncle Michael. Got me into gotcha. it every holiday. He would always bring over mystery science theory text that he recorded off the Sci-Fi Channel, <laughs> and a lot of times we would see that shit. And uh, my cousins and them, they would run upstairs and like, "Yeah, fuck that old, you know, old people with that boomer show." <laughs> <laughs> they would run upstairs to play the PlayStation. Now, one day, I don't know, I just sat down there with him and was like, "I'm gonna just see what this is," because he brings it over every fucking holiday, and I start watching it and got into it heavy. 
one episode. I don't even remember what the episode was no more. Whatever it was, I got into it. Mm-hmm. Now from that point on, I started because when I when I got into it, the show was over. It was but it was still on TV and reruns. Nice yeah. to wake up at eight thirty every Saturday morning to get the VCR prepped, and then at nine o'clock when it came out, I was sitting in front of the TV and hit record. But at the time, I didn't want commercials, so when it went to a commercial where I hit stop, let it you know sit there for a minute. But then there was always like. It would be like four or five commercials, then a sci-fi like station ID thing, two more commercials, and then the show would come on. So when I saw the station ID, hit play because if you let the tape sit too long, it would like go back a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck around and record over it. So I had to hit play at the station ID, fast forward it back to the break, stop it, and then hit record when it came back on. I did that every Saturday morning for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) You had it down to a science though. I still remember too. Like I said, like five commercial ID, two more hit record. It's funny. We used to. I would tape it, and the same thing. If I was, if it was a live recording, and I was there, I would wait, and uh, you would time it so that you would get the commercials out, and then you'd be all proud of yourself because you sometimes you get mm-hmm. those sometimes you get those edits just tight enough that like it would go to the spinning yep. the spinning logo, and then you come right back. And you're like, oh, you, you you feel so proud of yourself. Exactly. I still got like three of those old tapes, and I look at them every now and again. Only bad thing now is with these newer flat screen TV shows because. Back with the old TVs, it just had a little fuzz and shit. But now it'll like glow to, go to a blue screen. And sometimes, since I guess it's not picking up any picture, it will just like the input screen will come up like, hey, you need to connect something. I'm like, no, just quit fucking doing that. <laughs> so it's kind of a pain in the ass now. But it's also fun. My Uncle Michael gave me a bunch of his tapes too that he recorded. And now I actually wish I had the commercials because I fucking love seeing some of them old commercials. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. Best. You forget about, you, or you see how everybody's dressed or you're looking at the clothes and you're like, wow, I remember this specific time in my life because of this commercial mm-hmm. or you see like a uh, fucking movie trailers or movie commercial and you're like what the hell I never even heard of this movie and then you look it up and it made like two dollars at the box office it's like oh that's going on the podcast you, I was gonna say then you order it and make PJ watch it exactly I got mad movies Kyle. I put up a post with all my Kino movies but I got a box coming from Shop Factory a box coming from Amazon there's about to be a bunch of movies in here thanks stimulus package <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're using it for, getting to buy some movies. So, see, I oh, that I'm, was the first thing. <laughs> see, I'm out of space, so I gotta. I've been doing a lot of stuff on digital, but even then, I got to be careful because, you know, virtual money, you don't you don't think about it. Like if I'm if I'm ordering something online and I see the box, right? I get the box. I'm like, okay, that was thirty dollars, or you know, this mm-hmm. this is like that Godzilla set, right? I got that Godzilla set. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, this was you know X amount of money, right? But when you're buying stuff virtually. You're like, oh, these movies are only five bucks each, and then you buy like seven of them, eight of them, and you're like, <laughs> oh. Then you you check out your ATM statement. You're like, oh, why did uh, why did my overdraft kicked in? Oh yeah, because I spent forty dollars on on movies I already have in another medium, but I just wanted to stream them because I'm lazy. I'm too lazy to put discs in now, so you know <laughs> I'm paying. But you like to have the boxes, and you like to have. I love the, that shit. I like my collection, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I hate buying movies digitally. I do it if I have to. Like, I'm not going to pay like 80 bucks for a movie. Right? If, I, if it's 80 bucks for an out of print disc, but then like five bucks on Voodoo, I'm just going to download it. It'll kill me inside a little bit. Yeah. But I'll buy the digital version. Or I'll just put on a pirate ad. Whichever one I feel like doing. I used to have, when uh, when we lived at our old apartment, we had a little room under the stairs, and I used to have all my DVD collection in there. And, um, you you know I had at one point like hundreds like literally hundreds of DVDs right, and then when mm-hmm. Blu-ray came out I was like you know it's not big enough it's not a big enough jump for me in quality picture quality like do you remember I mean you're, you're old enough to remember when like you're probably old enough to remember 
when you first saw your first DVD, you're like, wow, this looks way oh, better. Yeah. yeah, right? This looks way better than any DVD or any uh, VHS I've ever seen, right? So for me, the difference the between... The first X-Men movie was the DVD. That I was like, whoa. Oh, there you go. See? <laughs> you know what the first DVD I ever saw? My brother got it. Because my brother, is, he was an early adopter, my brother. He spent $1,000 to get a... Um, uh, not a thousand. No, that was his Blu-ray player. His first DVD <laughs> player. Yeah, he spent uh, on the first generation. Uh, he spent almost a grand Love on that, that. thing. <laughs> yeah, I can't do it. No, he he. So he bought a he bought a DVD player, and I remember uh, Warner Brothers because they always had those crappy. Uh, they had the worst. Uh, DVD cases, those cardboard ones oh, that would those open. With the little, they just clack on the side. Oh, I used to hate those, but I remember Warner was the only thing that. They were the only ones putting out movies at first. And the first DVDs he got were Twister and uh, Contact. And neither of them, which I liked. Ooh. But I remember watching Twister because my brother had a home theater set up. Uh, I remember thinking, wow, this blows VHS away, like the sound and everything. And the picture quality, even though the movie was crappy, you know. <laughs> and it took it took uh, DVD a little while to get kind of everything released, you know. Mm-hmm. But the nice thing about DVD was at the time you started, they started to release stuff that had never been released on VHS. You know, mm-hmm. started to get a lot of foreign stuff, like all the stuff from the Criterion Collection, all that stuff. Yeah, started to come out with DVDs. So that's when you start to get more specialty stuff. You know, so that was cool. But yeah, when Blu-ray first dropped, it wasn't a big enough jump for me. So I kept a lot of my old DVDs. But mm-hmm. eventually, I just ran out of space, and I had to start getting rid of the cases. And I put them in like the CD, uh, like those. They had those steel boxes that look kind of look like fishing tackle boxes. Oh yeah, yeah, had one of those. Yeah, but I used to use them. You see DJs use them with their CDs, right? Or you know, uh-huh. I used them for my DVDs, and I got rid of all the cases. But I have three oh, of those. Shit. I have three of those Brent packed full of DVDs. Mm-hmm. Um, old DVDs, but they're in the attic and I don't want to go up there. So I just buy everything <laughs> on digital. <laughs> so the thing I can do now to justify like rebuying movies. Cause I like to upgrade the joints from DVD to Blu-ray when I can now I just tell the spirit like, Hey, I'm going to re up it on Blu-ray. And now I got DVDs to send out to the listeners at Christmas time. Everybody wins. Now look at that, Brent. See, <laughs> I won't let her hear this episode. Don't worry. I'm going to edit that part out for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I said it. I, she probably can hear me. <laughs> keep that keep that scam going keep it going no it's funny because we're kind of the same way as far as like i'm a little bit older now so and i have a kid that drains my money so uh <laughs> i can't be spending stuff just give me the thumbs up i can't be spending like i used to so uh but um you know i i'm i'm less inclined like i when we moved over here i had a at our old apartment i had a 7.1 setup 7.1 home theater setup Mm-hmm. All that stuff. By the time I got over here, I was like, man, I do not want to set this back up. I feel you, man. So now I'm just like, I'll just get a really good sound bar and we'll just That's do what it. I got, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll just get a really good sound bar and that's good enough, you know. You get, yeah, you get my to brother a certain- gave me a sound bar with a, su- a subwoofer and I'm good. <laughs> yeah, that's those are and they're not bad. They're not they're not bad. Nah. It's funny because back in the day what I wanted was a huge TV, right? I had I had the home theater. I want a big. Mm-hmm. I, I finally got a big TV, and I'm now. I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, so that's the only thing they get. There's like outrageously 
And to be honest, somebody showed me a 90 inch TV. I'm like, where the fuck would you put that? Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Somebody yeah. said some houses don't even have walls that big. My mom has a huge, she's remodeled her house and she has a huge, I checked this out. I bought my mom for, for on Black Friday. I bought her, we, we, she remodeled her house and she, um, we measured the, she wanted to put a TV on the fireplace, right? So we measured it mm-hmm. 46 inches. I got her, uh, I got her a 40, 45 inch TV for the, I go, it's going to fit perfectly. My mom, mm-hmm. 84 years old, looked at the TV and she says, it's too small. <laughs> <laughs> so we went and got a 55 inch so it kind of hangs over the side and I thought I said I thought you wanted this to fit perfectly she goes no nah, it's fine like that right but 55 <laughs> 55 60 I'm, I'm okay with that that's a good size TV but yeah you get into yeah, like I a, got 55 yeah she wants so she has this wall in her dining room now and I took it to Costco before the whole virus broke out and there was like one of those mm-hmm. 80 inch TVs and she's like that's what we should put on the wall I was like my you're sitting you're sitting like the dining room table's literally a foot from the wall I was like why do you need a TV that big she goes I don't know I think it would be go nice in there I'm like okay so maybe when all this is over we're going to get her another TV for that wall but yeah 55 is good you know i was just i was just telling my uh my brother we were talking about a story from back in the day i wanted a bigger tv when i was before i moved out i was in my grand, my mom's house still in the basement and i was like yo man i want to get a bigger tv i might go get one on black friday and i mentioned it to my mom and she was like no nah, you ain't getting no big ass tv they probably use a lot of electricity electricity all this bullshit in the back of my mind i'm like yeah she just don't want me to have a bigger tv i know what that is <laughs> and, <laughs> and so my dad he goes black friday shopping every year he does not mind standing in line he would do that all day on thanksgiving and I hit him up. I'm like, yo, uh, you getting a TV this year? He's like, yeah. And I was like, all right, uh, can you grab me one? So I handed him the money. After we went up there handed him the money, he said, I'll bring it to you later. Didn't tell my mom, no. So I'm sitting at home in the basement with my brother and my two cousins. And he comes and says, hey, come get this TV out the trunk. We go get it. And I'm walking into the house with it. My mom's in the living room. And I just remember walking by looking at her face the whole time looking disgusted. And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> And she came down there and looked at it and says something about the electric bill or something. I'm like, okay, I'll pay it. And then, oh, no, actually, I pointed at the thing that, you know, that had those energy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I pointed at it. I'm like, see if I left this on. It says it would only use this much percentage of the electric bill. And I remember she just like took, turned around and walked off pissed off. And I remember trying hard not to laugh. But then the funny thing is, two weeks later when she got paid, she went and bought a TV the exact same size. I was like, I knew you couldn't help it. That's it. You had to have a big TV too now. She had to have it. <laughs> You can't. You know, it's different when you're gaming. You got to have a big TV, right? That's what I was saying. Yeah, I was like, I got the you no know, PS whatever. I don't know if I had the four yet, but I wanted the damn things. <laughs> I want a TV to go with it. Yeah, I remember when we were playing. When we would play, uh, uh, I was playing. We were playing Call of Duty, back, Modern Warfare Two, with a bunch. When my daughter was first born, uh, mm-hmm. and we had an old Sony XBR, the X, the the Trinitron XBR. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, the square, the square TV, and then I remember yeah. I would get my, I would get killed all the time on Call of Duty, and my friends kept telling me, "You got to get an HD TV, you got to get an HD TV." <laughs> so I got a Panasonic HD TV on Black Friday from for three ninety nine from Amazon. It was a forty two inch, like still when the mm-hmm. HDTV HD TVs were still kind of thick, they weren't like quite yeah. thin yet. And uh, um, it changed my life, Brent. I'm not kidding. I got really good at that oh, game because yeah. I could see stuff now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I could see stuff out to the corners. Everything was clear. Believe it or not, we still have that TV. Uh, three apartments later, well, two apartments and then our house now. It's still in our bedroom, and it's that TV's still going strong. 
<laughs> that TV I was just talking about that I got my mom's is actually still upstairs in my bedroom. It's still working everything. It's a 50 inch TV. So I'm, like, I'm not getting rid of that unless yeah. it die. That's it. <laughs> when it dies, get rid of it. But it, for 400 bucks, I got my money's worth. You know, I got my oh, money's yeah. worth a long time ago. And now 400 bucks, I could get probably a 60 inch TV. You could, yeah. If you I, wait. I, I got this one, this one right here. I got I paid like three fifty for it, and it's a fifty five inch like smart TV or whatever. Yeah, four yeah. K smart TV or some shit. Do you have a particular brand, or you just go with whatever's on sale? Uh, whatever the fuck's on sale, I don't really mind. I like the Roku TVs though, with the Roku shit built in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The I'm see Roku's the best. That when you when you're talking about just streaming content, Roku you can add all those channels. They're, it's better than the smart TV because you got everything on board. And then what I like about Roku is you can search Roku and it'll tell you, like, so sometimes when the guys, if we're going to watch a movie, I'll try to look it up on Roku and it'll show all the streaming services that it's on. I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> I found one on, what did I want to watch the other day? It it uh, Pluto had it on demand. I didn't even know Pluto had an on-demand thing. And mm-hmm. it had oh, yeah. it with commercials, but, you know, for some movies, you don't care. If you just want it on in the background, who cares? I just found out that Voodoo had it too. They just have ads on there. Yeah, they have a bunch of free stuff, and it, you know what? And it's pretty good stuff too. It's not just the, it's not just the garbage. They have some good stuff on Voodoo for free. But it always bugs me when I go buy a movie that's on sale and it'll be like free with ads. I'm like, should I spend four dollars or should I just watch it with the ads? <laughs> the ads don't really bother me because with some movies it's kind of cool. Like I know there's a the app called Tubi. Me and PJ use that a lot because he has it on his phone. And there's times where like I'll be watching a movie and I'm like, man, I'm like bored or something. A commercial come on and be like, all right, cool. It's like a little rejuvenation for you watching a fucking Splenda ad or something. There you go. You get up and go to the bathroom, <laughs> right? Yeah, and you know, go grab a drink or a cookie or I don't know, some shit I'm probably not supposed to be eating that late at night. Back in the old days, that's what the commercials were for. Everybody get up and go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Hurry up. The movie's coming back on. Oh, I got a question talking about movies. So they, you know, they talking about like opening shit up like next month, right? Uh, Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what I'm hoping. I honestly hope not because I'm like I'm not. I'm still not going over no time soon. But that's what I was gonna ask you though. How long do you think it's gonna be for you feel comfortable going back to the movie theater? Again? Uh, 2025 maybe. Uh, so it's not just me. I'm I'm not even interested in movie theaters at the moment on, anymore. Like it's gonna take a while. <laughs> honestly, Brent. Like, and I, I'm not trying to be a downer about this and like you know, but it's happening. So let's talk about it. But I think yeah, people. I think people are. Making the mistake of thinking in terms of days and weeks, we got to yes. be think we got to be thinking months and years because there's no vaccine yes. for this. None of us have, none of us have an immunity to this, and some of us can fight it off better than others. But um, and the thing about this disease is anybody can pass it on to somebody else, and it's mm-hmm. you know what I mean. I keep pe- I see people trying to, and I understand where they're coming from. You know, the people that say, well, the flu's worse or more people are dying from – the other one I like is more people are dying from car accidents or suicides. Well, that stuff's not contagious. Not, not that those lives are worth yeah. less, but, you know, car accidents, unless everybody's on their phone, aren't really contagious, right? And, so, and if they keep their asses at home like they're supposed to, you wouldn't have to worry about shit like that. Exactly. And, and the thing about the <laughs> flu is if you look at – like people go, well, the flu kills more people every year. You look at the numbers now, in the short time we've had this, in the two, three months that we've had this, right, really start to break mm-hmm. out. If you extrapolate those numbers for a whole year, it's going to kill more people than the flu. So, death, yeah. so why do people want, why are people in such a hurry? Like, is, is your, was you going to, uh, you know, whatever you were doing, was you going to get, 
to a massage or whatever, is that worth you running the risk of being sick? Is your life so bad that you can't sit in your house for like six months and you can still go outside? You can still go to the store. You can still go. I mean, you, it just, you've got to find ways to entertain yourself. It can't like you wanting to entertain yourself can't be enough for you to want to, to maybe get a disease that could kill you. But Mario, it's all a hoax. <laughs> they lying to you. Fight the power, homie. What's amazing to me is I see these. I, we're talking about these protesters, right? And yes. I, I was just telling somebody, these are people that have never had to hear the word no in their whole lives, right? Yes. <laughs> and so their their default mode is you tell them no, they're going to put you in your place and let you know that you are not telling them no, that you are, you, you are not someone that they're going to tolerate telling them no and the way they do that is they say i want to speak to the manager right i want to speak to your mm-hmm. supervisor you you you're no one important i don't need to waste any more time talking to you well in this case the manager is a virus that doesn't care about what they want <laughs> right the, the virus does not care if they're rich poor white black whatever the virus wants to get in there and just do what the virus does and you know mm-hmm. and so it's funny to watch these people get so angry about something. It's like the most impotent rage, right? And it's like, oh yeah, we've had protests in this country for civil rights. We've had protests in this country for labor. We've had protests more recently against police brutality, uh, for reproductive rights, all that stuff. Where were these people? Nowhere to be found. But like Pat Oswalt said, they can't go to Fuddruckers now and all of a sudden they're losing it, right? (laughs) So, you know, it's like, are you serious? Like, this is what you just, this is the, this is the battle you choose to fight. The fact that you can't, you know, and then the, the, the idea that it's like, you're taking away my freedom. It's like, well, we're trying to save your life, you know? So I, for me, until we have massive testing, like, I mean, everybody gets tested and a vaccine, that's when I'll feel comfortable, you know, because, again, it's not just me. It's me going to visit my 84 year old mom or me, you know, here with my Mm. with my father in law that just turned 79. You know what I mean? Like there's people Mm -hmm. that I have to be responsible for, you know, so I don't want that on me like if i get sick that's that's you know that hey that's you know it's bad luck for me right but i'll deal right. with it right you know if you get sick you're young enough that you're probably going to be okay spirit gets it you're probably going to be okay but you have family you care about that you're going to run into mm-hmm. and you could take it back to you know what i mean or my daughter's here i don't want to bring anything back so for yeah. me all these people that are just in a big hurry to get but they heard like you hit it on the head they heard somebody tell them that this was a hoax right oh yeah and they run they run on that, you know? Because it's easier for them to believe that the the entire world is conspiring against their guy, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, did you see the newest thing he said, too? The dumb shit? I was just, I was laughing my Oh, ass. about bleach? No, this motherfucker was talking about, like, injecting motherfuckers with, like, uh, hand sanitizer or some shit like that. Yeah, that was it. He said bleach or, bleach or, um, I forgot the other one. Like disinfecting or yeah, something. that's what it up. was. <laughs> Well, I you see somebody on Twitter said, "It's like, yeah, you do it first, and we'll see what happens." Exactly, you try it first, and uh, you know what? You should tell your followers, Just be like, "Look, guys, we can beat this thing." They'll do it too, bro. They'll do that <laughs> shit. They will drink bleach, <laughs> and you'd be like, "Well, he said it would be okay." Like, I bet he did. That's what happened. And now you dead now. 
that's what happens when you get a bunch of people that don't believe in science, man. That's that's really what what happens. They'll argue, they'll argue, they'll tell you the sun is blue because you know because Obama said it was yellow, and uh, <laughs> and he had you know a, a, the backing of you know leading scientists. So they'll tell you it's blue, and you know, but it's hard. Scientists, he don't know what the hell he's talking about. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. I, when do you do you think you'll be comfortable? Like it's going to take. And you know me, Brent. I love to go to baseball games. I like to mm-hmm. you know you 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 know I we go to a lot of places that you know I like to be out doing stuff. Trust me, I, I, like anybody else, I like to be out go to the movies. You you you're like well you go to the movies a lot, but not. I mean you see when we're doing the podcast, we're watching movies all summer. We're in that yeah, theater. See, all that's s- what I was wondering what y'all are going to do. Is I know y'all go see damn near every new movie that comes out. Well, I can I mean, every. I, I can wait. Nerdy movie, I guess. There's nothing. There's nothing out in the world that I need enough to risk that. To risk getting somebody I love sick. Honestly, like exactly. Yeah. So that's how I feel. I know the spirit loves to get out. So I know eventually she's gonna get the fuck out this house. She's gonna get tired of being here with me. I'm like, especially if they keep putting the movies like out that theater at home shit. Like they still keep putting all the movies. I'm like, I'm good. I don't need to go nowhere. I got a backlog of stuff that I. You've seen the me wall too. in here. Me and the, me and my wife have a backlog of of board games we still haven't played. So we got plenty to keep us. Uh, you know, I got old video games I could replay. I'll replay old video games like like watching an old movie. Mm-hmm. So I think all these new ones that keep coming out. That's one thing during this quarantine. I've like gotten all the new shit I wanted. Like I got Doom Eternal beat that. I got Resident Evil Three beat that. The day it came out, and now I'm playing Final Fantasy Seven. I can't beat this boss on Final Fantasy Seven, and it's driving me nuts. Which boss is it? Well, first of all, that stupid house. Did you get to the house yet? I fucking knew it was the house. Nah, because I beat it, yeah. Okay, now I'm on the second. Now I'm, I'm past it, so I'm in the train yard, and I got yeah. this ghost thing I can't beat, and it's driving me nuts. Ah, it might be further than me, then. I don't actually know what you're talking about now. Where, where are you in the story? It's been a few days since I had to edit the podcast, so it's probably been almost a week since I've played it, but I know I beat the house. Whatever the area is right after the house part is probably around it, there. It's when you go, that's when you go to the, uh, you're, in that, you're in that little town, Right, it's like the weird. Uh, it's like the weird. Um, uh, like it's like a, a market. It's all businesses. Yeah, and stuff. I'm still there. Yeah, yeah. Wall, it's like wall, it's like market or whatever. yeah. It's like basically Las Vegas, right? So yeah, I'm still you, in there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So you're gonna beat the house, and then you're gonna you still have to get uh, Tifa out of there. Yeah, I haven't got her back. Okay. Yet, yeah, no. yeah. It, this is right after that. There's like the next. Uh, oh, okay. It's like the next little. But I they I think they did a, a really good job with the remake because. I think they added a lot of stuff that wasn't in the original game. Uh, but the combat on those, I always forget how much work it is. Mm-hmm. And now I just want to beat it. But it's like a job. It's like, okay, I got to switch this and I got to hook this person up. And you you can't leave anybody set up the same. That's always weird. Like, you're always like, okay, mm-hmm. you got to get your, let yourself get beat once and then go, okay, he was immune to this and do this and do that. And it's like, <laughs> dang, this is a lot of work. That was the thing with the house because eventually I was. Like every time you hit it, it just said it was deflecting. So I just had I just put up the phone. I'm like, man, how the fuck do I beat this damn thing? This is legit. I was an hour playing that one boss. Oh no! I didn't realize it was like, oh, look at the windows and see what color they are and use the opposite power. I was like, oh okay. I kept getting it to like where it had just a little bit of life left, and I could not beat it. It took me all afternoon to do it. I was so mad. 
it was like an hour straight for me. I did, I did it all in one life though, thankfully, because I had to keep healing my dude over and over again. But I was like, no, I'm gonna beat this damn house. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a ghost right now, and it's uh, it's the same thing. Like it when they change form, that's when you run into trouble. When it goes into like the second mm-hmm. phase, that's when I get like because I'll get it to stagger right away usually. I don't know. I must have missed some material or something somewhere because there's something I'm missing because. Aerith right now is she's underpowered and she's not really helping me out and it's bothering me. Aerith in the original game always was trash too in my opinion. Like it, it was, I never liked playing with her because her little weapon was always garbage even after I upgraded to shit. Yeah, because she only shoots those little. If you could, if you could get her to shoot whatever spells, like you can't change her default spells. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. I wanted to like shoot fire or shoot. I wish you would it would do that way so she would always. Because, like, with the house, that would have helped. Like, you could, you know, mm-hmm. switch halfway through and then, okay, go to lightning now. You know, when it's snow, when the windows are white, go to fire. So mm-hmm. I finally had to just, uh, I think what I did was I just, I used um, Cloud to just beat it into submission. Because I was trying to stay oh. away. I was trying to stay away for the longest time. And I just kept attacking, attacking, and reviving, and attacking. And it finally worked out. But I remember being surprised when it ended because I, I was so used to just having to do it over again. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and it's kind of anticlimactic. You're like, oh, that's it? Okay, well, all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny because those houses are in the original game too. So when it, they, when it first popped up, I laughed because I'm like, oh, they actually put that in the new I always thought that was Google. I'm like, why am I fighting a house? Yeah. And so when it popped up in the new one, I was like, oh, they actually brought that back, huh? Well, what makes me laugh about that game is, right, you have uh, – so Aerith and, and Tifa look like okay, you know, maybe Tifa's a little underdressed, but they look like the <laughs> they look like the people in the game world, right? But then mm-hmm. you see stuff where like you're walking through a village and everybody just looks like they're just regular people and you got Cloud walking through and Barrett and you're like you know, it's funny how they stand out. They're super stylized. They're like they didn't try to make that look more realistic. I was kind of surprised. Oh, you see that there was a controversy with controversy with Tifa when it first came out. Did you see that shit? No. Because there was a bunch of people on the internet like, they made her boob smaller. Oh, my God. That was a legit thing on the internet. <laughs> they, can, they can still go back and play the original, uh, the original exactly. uh, Tomb Raider. So that's good. You know, you can still do all that stuff. Well, oh, yeah, the tumor where she had the square, the square boobs. And yeah. Shit. Well, you have to also make it to look like she she doesn't she shouldn't look like she's gonna fall over if she's in a fight either. You got to make it look realistic. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. You know, that's just over there jerking off to the video games. And shit. You know, that's all that is. <laughs> Internet nerds. Uh, <laughs> but it was cool though. I'm really I was really impressed with the work that the amount of detail they went in with all the cutscenes and stuff. It is a beautiful looking game. Um, oh yeah, hell yeah! I, I'm, I always liked the original Final. That was my first uh, Japanese RPG, so I have a soft spot in my heart for it. So I thought they I did a good job. The first time last year. <laughs> oh, the the original. Yeah. How'd you like it? Oh, I liked. It. I loved this. I actually, um, I I never liked those games growing up, except for like Pokemon. That was only like RPG type games. I always thought it when I was a kid. I'm like, why well, I gotta wait to hit somebody? That's stupid. I was gonna hit them now. Yeah. <laughs> and so I never would play them except for Pokemon. I like that. But it was last year or whenever last year, the year before, one of them years, I got to switch and I was like, Final Fantasy Nine was on sale. So I'm like, all right, let me try that. And I like that. Then I got Final Fantasy Seven and like that. Then I played through eight. But then I got to a point in part eight where it was like I was near the end of the game. But now I guess my guys weren't powered up enough. But I had saved right before that fight, so oh. I'm, like, I'm stuck there and I can't beat the fucking fight. 
So I haven't finished eight. And then I got part 10, and then I got seven I'm playing now, and I got 15. So I, I just got into them out of nowhere because of the Switch. Yeah. Well, they're, they're perfect games for for right now because they eat up some time. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to ask you. Your, your voice sounds super robotic right now. How about now? They sound better. Hey, oh, that was my little... I, I I morphed into my true form, but uh, <laughs> like Michael Jackson moonwalker right there, <laughs> turn into the transformer, uh, or Michael Jackson and Captain EO. Oh, you got to do moonwalker. Dude. I remember that when that came out on video. I was working at the video store when that came out. I remember that. Um, I gotta get. I gotta get a copy. I got the video game. I don't have the movie. <laughs> I was going to ask you, Brent, how different so far is the original Final Fantasy VII? Because I vaguely remember it. I remember more of the big moments from that game than I do all the little stuff. How how much is different so far? It's really not really seemingly that different. The main thing that is different is that they expanded the fuck out that story because you know this this game is not the whole thing. It's just like the first chunk. So they expanded the fuck out of it. Like there's way more character development like i know there's a lot of people because you know they got jesse and biggs and wedge and all them people like i barely remember them in the original game because they're not around very long slice water but <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 for old ass game but now nah, yeah, I mean, that's probably the biggest thing other than that like of course the gameplay is different because it's not the taking like the turn-based thing yeah because I, I remember I, the, I mean that's it really because I, I was gonna say i i feel like i'm getting i don't know how many chapters it is but i think i'm on like chapter nine or ten maybe but mm-hmm. I, I think I'm on nine, so you might be on ten. I started. I was because I was like, this is never going to get to where you're out in the wild riding the chocobos and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I guess it's only. So is that right? It's only like the first half of the game. Is that what? Or the it's, first half? It's the Midgar section. So once you get to the point where they're leaving that Midgar city, like that's where the game is going. And I'm thinking. I'm wondering how they're going to do it because the original PS1 game was on three discs. So I wonder if they're going to stretch it into three games where each disc is its own game. Because that's basically uh, what this is. the whole game is just the first disc. Oh, no wonder. Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah, that's why the story's so stressed out. Again, opportunity, I guess, to expand on characters and all that shit. That makes sense. But it also kind of bums me out because I did like that whole, I loved after you, I really got into that game after you left Midgar. That was like the, you know, mm-hmm. I really like, that's where, for me, the game was the most fun. I didn't know that. But I really liked the, the remake so far. Um, oh, yeah. I was playing before that. I had finished. Uh, I just finished replaying Grand Theft Auto Five. I love that. Yeah, I play. I think I've beaten that game like two or three times. Oh, it's talk about a good story and good characters, and everybody is just oh man, it's the best. There's yeah. a rumor out right now that they're like fifty percent done with the Grand Theft Auto Six. I hope those guys can work from home. <laughs> it's a rumor. I don't know if it's true, but if it is, they're probably getting it ready for because you know the next consoles come out the end of this year. Yeah. I, I think anyway, they might get pushed back. Who knows? Yeah, who knows with everything? They might not want to release it. Well, it'd be a good time to release it because uh, if, as long as you, if people could get it via like Amazon or something, I'm pretty sure they would mm-hmm. sell like crazy. Because I know for sure that PlayStation said they're going to release them in like limited quantity because it's it's kind of weird because you would think they're like want to hype it up like yeah go buy this, but both companies are kind of like yeah it's going to be a while before you know it's a massive jump because like for the first couple years or months or something it's going to be like all the games that come out are going to be on both systems. So it's kind of like they're saying, like, hey, you're going to be a new system out, but you don't have to buy it yet, which I think is weird because Xbox straight up said, like, hey, look, every game coming out is going to be on the Xbox One. And so you might basically just wait. <laughs> you know why they it's might? It's kind of weird. I don't know how that's working. Out. You know what? They might be doing that, though. They're probably going to they're probably going to try releasing it in limited quantities to get 
do what Nintendo does and get everybody hyped up for it. Very true. You know, because you you never when it was the last time somebody ran out of an Xbox or a PlayStation Four, right? You walk never. in, never. But Nintendo Switch right now, uh, we're just going through a drought. People are looking for them right now. Uh, I know, mm-hmm. I know a couple of people on my Facebook page that are looking for them. So it's a way to drive up the demand, and it's smart because you know, um, make it look like everybody wants. It. It's the hot system. That's what they did with those damn uh, SNES classics too. Yep. Yep, yep. You know what's funny, Brent? I've never waited in line for any piece of, for a phone, for a gaming system. You know what I lined up for? The Nintendo Switch, because it came out around my daughter's birthday. And I Mm -hmm. actually lined up to get one, because I was like, oh, she wants this thing so bad. I I gotta make it happen. That's the only time I've ever lined up. And the cool thing was, I lined up, I met these dudes, I, I met them in line. And uh, they're like, "Hey, man, if you want to take off, like, we'll we'll hold your place. Like, it's cool." And they held my place for me. So uh, I left and came back, and uh, they they held my place. Sure enough, and at midnight we got. I was like the second person in line, and uh, hmm. it was like three o'clock in the afternoon. It was like a midnight release. They were going to release them, and um, like they were like two younger guys. And like, hey, we'll hold your chair. Like, oh, that's what the guy asked. He goes, if, if he's like. Because one kid didn't bring a chair, he's like, "Hey, could we borrow your chair if you get, if, you know?" And I was like, "Yeah, you can borrow my chair." And so that's what like led me to it. I was like, "Hey, I can, you know, I'll come back and you can use a chair and all that stuff." And so that was it. So those guys hooked it up for me. They stayed out there. I went back home, had that's dinner. <laughs> went back home, had dinner. I think I brought them like sodas and snacks and stuff. I went back around <laughs> eleven, eleven o'clock, just so you know. So they wouldn't have to be there the whole time, but they they hooked it up. So it was cool. But that's the only time I've ever waited for like electronic. I'll wait for movies in line. You don't have to do that mm-hmm. anymore either. But I don't think I've done that before. That's I was just, I waited in line because I waited in line recently to get the Mortal Kombat eleven at midnight. But movies, I don't think I've ever lined up for a movie that I can remember. Oh, that was how we did it back in the day before uh, online tickets and all that stuff. You had to walk up, and sometimes you had to wait. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to see the latest Julia Roberts movie, you better get in line, pal. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm really trying to think, like, I don't think I've ever done that shit before. That's weird. That's how we ever used to do. I never, like, a lot of times, like, when I was younger, when my dad, he would just go buy the tickets at his lunch break, and then we would just go in there and be cool. So. That's cool. Because I remember going to see the original Spider-Man, and night it came out, and it was like, because everybody else had been waiting in line, and we got their little legs. We like, we got our tickets already. We didn't worry about nothing. So when we sat in the three seats that we were going to, were the only three left that that uh, showing. So it's like we knew exactly where to go. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. See, we used to have to. You know, they wouldn't. They didn't have reserved seating or anything. So you got there, try to get there early enough, and usually like an hour before the show. But sometimes if it was the movie was a huge blockbuster, you'd have to wait. You'd have to get there like, oh, the show's going to start at nine thirty. Uh, get there at like you know seven o'clock and stand in line you know i think we did mm-hmm. that for um when they released uh phantom menace i know we stayed in line not all day but we waited till you know like you know the movies at nine let's line up at you know six o'clock we did that and you're there's already oh, 200 people in line i think i stood in line for that movie i think because that's it's funny because i saw that twice at the theater first time i went to go see that thing with my pops and i don't remember waiting in line but the second time i went with my uncle michael I think I remember standing in line for that shit because I remember saying I've seen this already. So I'm kind of like, do we have to stand here to go see something else? <laughs> even back then, so you were even back then you were down on Phantom Menace. 
you know, the crazy thing back then, I wasn't as down. I kind of liked it because I, I had, I remember having the video games and I had like the comic, like novelization comic thing, whatever the hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I didn't have the tape though. So I guess that says a lot. I usually had the tapes of everything, but I didn't have that. <laughs> back in, the, you know, when we, people hate on it now, but back at the time, we hadn't had Star Wars in a long time. Everybody I know liked it. But I don't like. Yeah, it. if you look up the original reviews, they got good reviews when they first came out. We didn't. It was. It didn't feel like it was smarter, Lucas, to do a different era. I mean, a lot of people yeah. I know wanted him to go back and do the old Republican stuff, but it was really. If you think about it, it was smart because everybody was coming in fresh. You didn't have any. I mean, aside from the droids, there was really nothing uh that you, you you know there was no characters you knew i mean young obi-wan and all that but you were seeing him as a young man now and all that stuff so it was kind of a fresh start for everybody and it was smart to do it that way because you don't really have a mm-hmm. lot of baggage from the original because you're going it's before those characters were even born so it yeah. was i just wish it was less trade federation and more uh pew pew yeah, it was less like Senate debates and shit, like CNN, Star Wars edition. Like, <laughs> when I was a kid, even like on those parts, kind of like we didn't have cell phones back then. But I remember just kind of looking down at the floor, looking like, oh yeah, 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 okay, sure. Yeah, get, get me to a lightsaber. <laughs> exactly, something, man. I've been rewatching all of the uh, Clone Wars on uh, Disney Plus. Oh, the all, that those guys really like. It's like any one of these. You could have broken up any one of these storyline storylines because they all did like those three, four episode arcs, you know, mm-hmm. I go, there's a lot of these. It would have been a great star Wars movie, you know, but uh, they did that with that one. I remember they took like what the first three episodes and made it that theatrical movie. that yeah. Nobody fucking liked or something. You know, and you know, what's funny. That's the actually weakest. That would have been the one I would have never done. Uh, <laughs> I would have been, but I think it was cause they were trying to get that, that baby Yoda vibe with the baby job of the hut. And, uh, and I think that's why they did it. It was a little mm-hmm. cutesy, but there's some, you know, and as you go along, they get into some good stuff, you know. So I'm like, this is a good show. I never, uh, my daughter would watch it occasionally when she was little, but uh, so I would tune in here and there. But um, I'm watching all of the the saga in order. So I was talking about that. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I watched uh, Phantom Menace, then I watched Clones. Now I'm doing this one, and then I'm gonna go when I finish that. I'm gonna watch uh, uh, Revenge of the Sith, and then Rogue One, and then. Rebels, I guess. Or no, I guess Revenge of the Sith, then Rebels, then Rogue One, I guess is how mm-hmm. it goes. Yeah, I'm going to try to do the so, whole so thing. So we've got them Ewok movies popping, right? Oh, I wish I had those. I watched those live on TV. Oh, I remember I tell PJ all the time, we have to do, I think it's the second movie. Because I told him about it, we were laughing our ass off. Because I was like, I remember seeing bits of the first one. It's like the two kids and their parents or something. They're like happy. And I swear the second movie starts with all the motherfuckers dying or something. <laughs> I was like, I have to see that. As I remember laughing at that when I saw a clip of it. Like, damn, that's how you started it out? That's it. I for- I kind of <laughs> forgot about those movies. And I guess they're canon. I mean, they have I to be. they still are. I mean, you know, because it was like, there was. I remember there was an old man and uh, two kids and uh, yeah, it was the Ewok adventure. It was like Channel 7, ABC. It was an ABC movie. Uh, so you get to watch that and the, the holiday special. Throw that in there too, uh, Lumpy. Come on, Lumpy. <laughs> Lumpy. Uh, and- we were talking about it when we did that episode. There's a whole that motherfucker actually was in the extended universe. Really? It was like because we looked up all that shit because we found out like Chewbacca died in the extended universe too. I didn't know that. See, when I was a kid, okay, so it was Star Wars, and then there was a book that came out in, and I have this book. It's called Splinter of the Mind's Eye. 
I remember that one. It was by Alan Dean Foster, and it was we didn't know there was going to be another movie, right? So this mm-hmm. was written as like a sequel, and Luke and Leia are like in love, right? Which <laughs> right with so when you get to know, and then I think Darth Vader dies in it. I think they kill Vader in it. And oh, it was written real quick, like to kind of cash in on like on you know the Star Wars thing, but it wasn't an official. I think Lucas signed off on it just to kind of I don't know if he did it to like throw people off, right? And then mm-hmm. and then after uh, between uh, Empire and uh, Jedi, they did a series of books about Han Solo, and they did a couple of books with Lando Calrissian, and I read those, mm-hmm. but those weren't like considered the extended, you know. It wasn't until the 90s that they started writing those other books. Because I think that was... Shadows of the Empire and shit. I finally read that last year for the first time. I never Mm -hmm. read it of the Empire. It was pretty good, except for the weird cat thing that would disrupt the Force. I was like, what what, what is that? But but what it got... I read that years ago, but I I love that video game, though. What it got right was... It got got right the the relationship with like Han and Leia and... uh, and uh, Luke, that was all really well done. So that it felt like mm-hmm. Star Wars, you know. I know, um, yeah. I know Liz from the Nerdy Bitches has read all the Star Wars books. I, I believe it, yeah, because I think she said she even owns them Ewok movies on DVD. Dang, I gotta get a hold of those. <laughs> Do you have those? I used to have. No, I don't have actual copies of them. I think they're out of print still. I'm gonna look them up real quick. I'm sure Disney's not putting that shit back out. Somebody has it on tapes. Oh, you could find it on YouTube probably by this time. Oh yeah, it's on YouTube. That's where I saw the clips at. I was just kind of skipping through it a little bit. I'm gonna. You you already did your show for the week, so while you're looking that up, uh, if you if I mean I'm sure everybody that's listening to this already listens to Home Video Hustle, but if you don't, check out Home Video Hustle. Uh, hey, or and follow them on Twitter. Yeah, hey, capital H, capital V, capital H, capital P, lowercase oddcast. Lowercase oddcast. Uh, Brent, PJ, the Spirit. Spirit now is like official. Official co-host, like third, third, third co-host, third co-host yeah. So Brendan's uh, the unofficial fourth co-host. Always, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, Brendan's on there all the time. Yeah, he's unofficial fourth now. <laughs> Man, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get back in there. I've been, I got, I, I fell asleep, and now the Canadians are taking jobs away from the Mexicans. This is, <laughs> this is bad news. Freaking so ice. CJ then took his spot back. Now we found that way to get him to record on his phone. Brendan ain't been back since. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's always it's always cool to talk about uh, to talk with uh, to hear another perspective on that show. I mean, has Brendan invited me to be on What Were They Thinking? No, but I'll still plug them. <laughs> Check out What Were They Thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> now those guys are fun too. That's a good. Uh, what were they thinking? Check them out. That's another good podcast. Yeah, WWTT podcast at podbean.com. <laughs> and then you got uh, you got nerdy bitches. They're they're good. We some of the some of the castaways. There's a few of them. We're still a few of us left, uh, hanging in there. St- everything I learned from movies. E I L F. Mm hmm. Yep. The Kung Fu Drive In podcast at Cult Forty Five. Cult Forty Five. Oh, that's a great. That's another great show. All those. Yeah. Check out. They're not Donald Trump fans. It's cults like movies. Yeah. Cult Forty Five. Yeah. When I first saw the title of that, I was like, that's a good title right there. <laughs> I actually hit him up. Like, it was sometime last year because I saw there was a hashtag. It was like hashtag Colt45, and it was like for Trump shit. And I hit him up. I'm like, yo, you aware of this? He's like, yeah, we know. That's why we do hashtag Colt45 podcast. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, I, okay, cool. I was wondering. I was like, did you notice that shit? <laughs> I want more of his. Uh, 
of his uh, the movie. What's the, the what's the little video he does? The movie the uh, connoisseur. The movie connoisseur. Uh, Gulliver Chevalier. There uh, you go. Yeah, <laughs> he did one for cats, and my daughter was in the car, and I just let it play. And my daughter was. You remember that? Yes. She was. She was cracking up at how funny it was. I love those videos. <laughs> I love it. I could watch Gulliver Chevalier. I want a YouTube channel. I want a show. I want a show on TikTok. I want a show on what's that thing? The Q QB. What's the thing? The little. Oh, that new thing. I don't know. I don't even, what is that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I keep hearing about it. I don't even know. It's like 10 minute shows or some shit. Yeah, like I that. kept seeing commercials for it in the Super Bowl and it still never took off. So I don't know. Yeah, I remember when it just came out of nowhere. I never heard of it at all. And they're like, yeah, it had an underwhelming, you know, debut. And I'm like, I bet. I don't even know what the hell that is. <laughs> hey, but you know what? Look at, look at, uh, do you remember, Brent, when we were on TikTok and we would talk about the stupid, or we were, when we were on Twitter and we would talk about the stupid TikTok ads? They would run, yeah. and we're like, "What's this TikTok BS? This looks stupid." And next thing you know, it's the biggest thing ever. Yeah, it took Vine spot. Yep, it bl- it blew up, but it was all the little kids that made it happen. Now parents are quarantined making TikTok videos. It's like what? <laughs> I just saw my niece was doing a damn TikTok video. She's like what, three or four years old? <laughs> uh, did you find that info, sir? Oh yeah, it's, uh, it's on Amazon for fifty four bucks. Dang. That's a board game. That's a double feature, too. So it's got both of them on there. Dang, do I want Ewok Adventure, too? I want another board game. Mm, That's... (laughs) I'm going to watch... Ewok board game. I'm going to watch Ewok Adventure once, or I'm going to... Oh, Ewok Adventure board game. Maybe I'll I'll design that while I've got time. I got to... I have to... You just reminded me. It's on YouTube, but it's not the... It's like windowed or whatever the fuck they call it, where Uh, it doesn't take up the whole screen. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I want that remastered. I want to see that shimmering Big Sur forest. I want to see that. I want to see that in high def. Well, it's t- it's on TV, so it's gonna be it's gonna be uh it's gonna be it's not gonna be letterboxed. Oh, I should see if the damn the library has it. I go to the library and just rip that shit. <laughs> I used to do that with uh, CDs, <clears throat> but uh, we won't talk about that. Yeah. yeah, I'm used to. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, back in the <laughs> our our uh, public library where we used to live had a good, uh, really really good CD section. I don't know who used to do the the picks, but they had a ton of hip hop, like a ton. Oh shit! Yeah, so I used to go. I would check out like six CDs at a time. That was the max, and mm-hmm. then go check them out and bring them back like a week. They had all kinds of good stuff, and I don't know who was doing the the the, the curating there, but. You know, and I think when when we moved, I ended up some of my old CDs that I just knew I didn't want anymore. I had already ripped into MP3s, and I, we were we were just trying to cut everything down. You know, um, mm-hmm. I donated I donated a bunch of that library because I was like, "You've given me so much library. Let me give something back." <laughs> I was asking someone about that before. I know certain libraries I go to they have a bunch of like they have like a bunch of Criterion movies and a bunch of shit you don't normally see. When you go to some libraries, and they just had the new stuff. I yeah. asked him, like, why do some libraries have just the generic bull bull, but then the other place have, like, the Criterion and Black exploitation movies I'd be looking for? Yeah, it's got to be. it all depends on, like, what who, what people in that area, like, requests, I guess. Yeah, or who or who's doing the curating there, too. Somebody somebody at the library is bringing that stuff in, too. So mm-hmm. uh, do you use any of the, the free library apps, uh, like Canopy? With or that, like, Hoopla and all that? Yeah. Yeah, they're on my TV. Yeah, Canopy's good because they do have a lot of the Criterion collection. And, yeah, I got uh, that Criterion app too, so I really don't even use that on there. 
Oh, what's the Criterion app? Oh, the Criterion channel. I mean, oh, is it is it a subscription? Yeah, it's like ten bucks a month. But I, I watch it all the time. So I don't mind yeah, I, I got, I got, man, I got so many subscriptions right now. I got, let's say, I got Netflix, Amazon, Disney Plus, Hulu. Um, what else do we have? I've got something else. There's one more I have. And then I, got a few. I don't pay for all of them. No, some of them the spirit pay for. I'll <laughs> oh, see. You got to split the cost. Yeah. Yeah. There's some I, I want. That, I got that Disney plus bundle that comes with Hulu and ESPN. I know I got that shit. It's Hulu with commercials, right? Yeah. I can't live my life like that, Brent. Oh, <laughs> hey, I'm cheap, man. I'm I'll, I'll, I'll deal with the commercials. Hey, uh, let me ask you on the ESPN app. Um, it's ESPN plus, right? Yeah, but it's, I, I thought that because I was I originally went with that because I didn't give a fuck. But I'm like, oh, the UFC pay reviews are on ESPN Plus, so I might be able to get them like that. But now you still got to pay for them. I'm like, oh, fuck this. Do they have all the uh, thirty for thirty documentaries? They do have all those though. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Even if you, I know you're not always a, a sports guy, but check some of those out because some of those like it's stuff that I don't even care about, and uh, they're real well done. If you like documentaries, uh, so I've seen like two of them. I forget which one. Uh, I saw one that was like they were talking. It was like a. It had like NWA. They were talking about hip hop on there, so I was like, "Let me just watch that one." I forget what the fuck they were talking about there. Yeah, it's a, it, that, that's worth having just to have the, the for the ESPN app because those were all on Netflix for a while and they took them off. And mm-hmm. um, I have to watch Fernando Mania, the one about Fernando Valenzuela. I have to watch it like you know religiously. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I I was wondering about that because I was like, I might do that, and just because I don't really use Hulu that much. Um, Hulu's my, my go-to for like, I got into this show and now it's in season five and I want to catch up and the new episodes mm-hmm. are on Hulu. That's what I use it for, you know? So hey, I think I use that one most. I use it that criterion and like, well, I don't pay for Pluto, but Pluto probably gets used the most, but I actually gotten into prime video because I started watching that damn Jack Ryan show on there. How is it? I fucking love that shit, man. Because I'm already, I love the, the Patriot games and you know, the. I used to read the books too, so I was like, I don't know why, how I just now got into it, but I love that the first season. I'll Second season, it's cool, but it's not as good as the first one so far. I'll tell you what, as much as I love Alec Baldwin, I feel like Harrison. I've never seen that one. You never seen Humphrey in October? Never. That is a Patreon pick too, but no, I haven't seen. That's the one I haven't seen. That I is haven't a, seen that one or the one with Ben Affleck. That's my favorite of the of all the Jack Ryan movies, and you know I'm a Harrison mm. Ford guy, but. Um, uh, what I what I I feel like Harrison Ford passing on that movie, uh, probably because he had just made a movie with Sean Connery in uh, Indiana Jones, right? And they probably figured, you yeah. Know. Uh, but uh, for some reason, I, and I love him in Patriot Games, and I love him in uh, Clear and Present Danger. But I feel like as good as Hunt for October is, I feel like that would have really made it like you know one of my top all time favorites. But it, I do like it. You should check it out. It's good. You already like the the scenario, and you like. And I think um, Alec Baldwin's actually a really good Jack Ryan because he's more like in the books, like kind of like mm-hmm. he's just like an analyst. He's not like a like an action hero, you know. That's how old boys in the TV show too. Kind of yeah. okay, good, yeah, yeah. Because it's because it's uh, it's dude from the office. So I'm always like, I can't I go, it's John because it's The Office. It's, it's- I, I was talking about that on the podcast because I'm like everybody. I remember I've talked to about the show. So host the guy from the Office. I can't get. It. I've never seen the Office. I've seen one episode. Oh it's really? In the office, so it didn't bother. Me. Yeah, okay. Never looked at it for real. Um, it's uh, yeah, I I watch it all the time, but it's one of those shows like either if you haven't watched it by now, you're probably not going to get into it, you know. 
That's yeah. I think that's well. PJ actually, he just started watching. He loves it. He just talked about on this episode. I think that came out today or the next one. One of those two. It's, he just got into it watching it on Netflix. I think some of it's funny because it's just somebody who's so painfully unaware of how how stupid they are that you're. Just, mm-hmm. It's like it's fun to watch somebody like that because I relate. I relate to that. <laughs> I see a lot of myself in there. Man, we already talked. I just looked at the clock. You, guess how long we've been talking? Two hours. Almost. What I say when I call what I say when I call Jacob, we'll do like a quick (laughs) say like three hours is getting there. But when I first said I go, we'll do like a quick hour. I think I told you on the when I sent you that message, I go, Yeah, we'll do a quick hour. It'll be uh, it'll be fun. I I said, Yeah, right. (laughs) All right, here's what I'm gonna do, Brent. I'm gonna give you what what recommendations do you have for the people that are out there? So you already said like the Jack Ryan show. What else are you yeah, rec- definitely that one. Yeah, what are you recommending for people that now they have quarantine, time to fill their they have a lot of time to catch up on stuff. What some stuff you want to recommend? Or if you know some movies that are streaming, some lesser known stuff, do you have anything you want to recommend to the to the fine I people? I'll date with that one. I know a bunch of movies that people should watch. I'll tell you what, if you haven't seen Superfly, the original one, go watch Superfly, goddammit. I don't know why. Just just go do it. <laughs> uh it's on Prime right now, I think. It's on one of the. Oh, shit. Well, there you go. I think it's on one of the pre- so the the streaming services, it's either Prime or Netflix. You know what popped up on Superfly? You know what popped huh? up on Netflix is a bunch of uh, kung fu movies from oh, the like the Shaw Brothers. A bunch of the Shaw Brothers stuff popped up. So oh, we, we talk about it right at the beginning of this episode that we put out today. With the, I got that Bruce Lee Criterion set. I can't wait for that, man. Oh, I know you put that on your. I that thing. I can't wait. I want to know what the game of death is going to be though. That's the one I'm. It, so it's five it's movies. It's kind of crazy. I think I know what it might be because I actually have it on Blu ray here because um, Shop Factory released the four movies and I had two of them. And uh, the other two, I was going to get them, but then they went super out of print. They started costing a lot. So I didn't pay the amount, uh, the money from them. So I'm like, they must be about to get re released by somebody else. I didn't expect it to be Criterion. I'm like, somebody's going to do it, so I'm not going to waste the money. So I have two of those upstairs in the Game of Death Blu ray is fucking hilarious because it's high definition and you can see all the bullshit they did to that movie. <laughs> the part where it's a cardboard head. Yes. It looks like it looks like it's legit floating in space now. Oh. <laughs> it's the best. Bro. I love it. I you know even you know what all of the I mean it's such a weird movie because they show him in his casket like it's actual yes. footage of his of his funeral and they really had no shame. Uh Golden Harvest had uh. no shame putting that out there and you're like wow but then that last 15 minutes when he's going through the that's the shit yeah that right there makes it all worthwhile like just that scene fighting Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and all that whole craziness um, is just that's an amazing sequence so it's worth it I mean I'll buy that Blu-ray and just skip right to that scene you know that's a long movie too that's like a two hour movie they really milked it they really milked it. I didn't realize it was so long. I'm like, damn, this is... Oh, and that's the other thing, too, because, you know, they had the fake Bruce Lee. And with that HD, man, you can definitely tell you. You're like, bro, that is not Bruce Lee. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like when we watch stuff on the... Uh, like, And I have to point it out to, like, Justine or somebody else. They, they'll go, oh, you could totally see this. Or totally. I go, this was not made to be seen in this in the high definition. Right. The people making movies like yeah, that. The people making these movies never thought we were going to be able to see it with this much clarity and this much, mm-hmm. you know, this much detail. Um, and so, yeah, you gotta, you gotta keep that in mind that these directors had a certain thing in mind, you know, a uh, certain mood they were trying to set. And sometimes the, the technology kind of ruins that, you know? Yes, yeah, sir. There's some directors with the opposite thing where it's like, we put all this like 
I don't know, like Ridley Scott, like I did all this shit with Blade Runner and now you're watching it on a fucking four inch phone screen. <laughs> <laughs> That's the John yeah. Sandy argument right there. I meant to send you a clip of David Lynch because there's a clip of David Lynch like cussing and going hard, but he's like, they're watching movies on their fucking phones. I'm going to like, play that for John Sandy. <laughs> He gets uh, spend all the money on budget. And we do all this production work just for them to pull it up on their fucking phones or something like that. That's awesome. Because <laughs> you can imagine how frustrating it must be, you know. <laughs> so you got we got the Bruce Lee set coming out. That's something to look for. I meant to mention that. So it's five. It's Game of Death, uh, Fist of Fury, um, uh, the Big Boss, Big Boss, Enter Return the Dragon, the Dragon. Mm-hmm. Enter the Dragon is on there. Oh, I bet you it's going to look super super uh, clean, too. I'm so glad, too, because I never bought Enter the Dragon on Blu-ray. I was going to, but then I kept seeing reviews talking about the, the Blu-ray. The sound was messed up, and the, big, the picture quality was not great. So I was like, finally, at least it's Criterion. You know it's not going to be fucked up. Yeah, they try to use the best prints possible. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have... Um, you know, I don't have a lot of Criterion on Blu-ray, unfortunately, but... Uh, the jewel of my Blu-ray collection is my Seven Samurai. Uh, they, I, I do have that on Blu-ray. Man, they did a beautiful. That was one of the first Criterion's I bought. They did a beautiful job with that, and I, I never get tired of watching that movie. So, uh, I, go ahead, sir. I was, I was trying to think. Like, yeah, I do have it. Is down there. I got the the Zatsuichi Blind Swordsman box that I haven't watched them all yet, though. Oh, that's a good one. Did it was on sale at Barnes Noble. They had that fifty percent off sale, and I got it for like seventy dollars or something, something like that. Did you see the remake they did a few years back with Takeshi Kitano? Uh, uh, it was a newer uh, Satoichi. Yeah, I haven't seen that. That's a that's a pretty good one. It's worth checking out. But it's funny because it's Takeshi Kitano, who is you will know from MXC. He's uh, he's mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Vic Romano. Vic Romano. <laughs> Kenny Blankenship, I Kenny love that me. damn show. I'm, you know that's on DVD, but it's like super out of print and expensive, and it pisses me off every time I see that DVD at store. Oh man, that's a good one. Uh, when my daughter was little, when she was a toddler, we did, I think we discovered that show flipping the channels when Nicole was pregnant, and she and I just both started. It was right up our alley. We both started. First mm-hmm. of all, for, first we're just going, "Hey, look at these these crazy people are running into a wall," and then we start listening to the commentary. <laughs> And we, That's the best part. And we're like, oh my god, this is the best. And then uh, when when is it was funny when my daughter was little, my wife made her a onesie that said, "Right, you are Ken." <laughs> <laughs> so we have a picture of my daughter like laying on the couch with a pacifier and a and a shirt that says, "Right, you are Ken." I'm like, ah, oh, that's the best. But yeah, he's in yeah. it and he plays Zatoichi, and uh, it, it's really really good. It's um, Takeshi. Oh, who's the um, I think the director is the same guy that did um, uh, 13 Assassins. Um, uh, so Takashi Miike? Miike, Miike, yeah, exactly. I think he did that that version of it. Unless, I believe that motherfucker puts out like five movies every year. I know, <laughs> I know. Unless either that or, or Katano directed it himself, because he's done a lot of movies. He's, he did, uh, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's a good director too. But uh, that's worth checking out, yeah, because it's like a one-off. It's just like a one-off. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm about to look at this. I, I think in the box I'm on like, like movie number four, and there's 25 movies in that damn box. Those are the old school ones. That's my buddy Robert. He's the one that got me into the samurai movies, and he told me about all about Zatoichi. So it's mm-hmm. cool because his mom was, um, his dad was German, and his mom is Japanese, like second generation. So she would watch all the old school, like the samurai trilogy, and all the old school, like 
so that's how I got into like uh, uh, Kurosawa was through my buddy. Um, he got mm-hmm. me all into it, you know, and uh, Zadoichi and all that stuff. So I love all that stuff. But the last Criterion so I got there, they had the what the fuck is it, Sanjuro and uh, Yojimbo that I got with the double pack. Did you uh, finally watch Yojimbo? Yeah, yeah, I left quick reviews for both of them on the page somewhere. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. You did. You did. You liked them both. Mm-hmm. You liked them both. Yeah, Yojimbo, Toshiro Mifune, you can't beat him. And they just did for his birthday on Turner Classic, they um, did every Kurosawa uh, and uh, Mifune collaboration. So going back, for, so mm. in the morning, it started That's a with, lot of movies. Yeah, it started with Stray Dog and ended like with uh, High and Low or Red Beard, I think, in the sixties. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it did. Uh, it, so I recorded a bunch of them, but I only had so much room on my DVR. So ah. I know I recorded all the ones I wanted, like I, that I that I really enjoy. Like I like Stray Dog a lot. I like uh, you know Seven Samurai, Yojiro. Uh, I'm sorry, Yojimbo Sanjuro, and then. Uh, uh, Hidden Fortress. I, re- I recorded all those. So, have you ever seen in the Zatuichi said there's a movie in there called Zatuichi meets Yojimbo, and it's uh, it's Toshiro Mifune, right? It's it's him too. Yeah, yeah. I got to that one yet. I have seen that one. I have seen that one. Um, I don't remember. I think I rented it. I don't think I. Um, I don't think I actually own it anywhere, but I, I must have rented it from somewhere because I have seen it. Because for a while I was tracking down every Toshiro Mifune movie I could find. Because <laughs> um, he's cool, he's just the coolest. Uh, you know, he's one of those guys that like you don't even need to speak the language, and you just know. You know, mm-hmm. you you just know he's good. And then he's doing that scene in the Seven Samurai where he he's yelling at the farmers because he's like you know, or he's yelling at the samurai because they you know because he you know de- de- they figured out he's a farmer and he's all emotional. You're like, man, this guy's really. I'm I understand what he's. I don't even know what he's saying. And I understand, you know, everything, he's, I, but I understand where it's, he's coming from, you know? So, mm-hmm. I, I really, saw this with Sonny Chiba, too. I did the same thing. I was going to start, start out a bunch of his movies. All, all the Street Fighter movies? I, fuck it. I need to get that box set. So you could see skulls breaking like an X-ray style? Oh, I loved it. When I was a kid, I, I, I bought that DVD. They had the Half Price Bookstore. It was like, it had the first two Street Fighter movies for like three or five bucks or something like that. <laughs> Didn't know nothing about them. I just saw the cover. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna see what these are, and I fucking love those. Oh movies. yeah, that's the thing. You got back in those. Like, you knew if you were picking up like a kung fu movie or some kind of like a movie like that, that you were just gonna. There was gonna be something that you liked in it. You know, there was gonna be something mm-hmm. in there that, and especially those '70s Japanese are crazy. All those Japanese mm-hmm. gangster movies, like from the, from, I love those. Yeah. Uh, Yakuza movies, yeah, like the branded to kill and all those movies. You're just like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got those. Yeah, yeah, and Criterion put all those out too. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe Tokyo I will. Tokyo Drifter and shit. I was see when it was Film Rise, when it was Turner Classic and Criterion. I had that channel and I loved it. Uh, I subscribed to that because what they would do is they would curate. So they'd be like, this this month we're going to look at this director, and they would show you. Like, oh yeah, I'll, Criterion I'll, Channel does that. See, yeah, I'm gonna have maybe I'll get it. Damn it, Brent. it might believe me. It might be worth it because I know right now, like recently, me and the Spirit watched a bunch of. They had like a Sydney Portier like section they did one month. We watched a bunch of those. Oh, did and you? I think right now I saw they got like Columbia Noir movies or something. Oh, nice. Uh, no, I know exactly where. I know exactly what part of uh, of uh, Heat of the Night that you rewound like ten times. <laughs> oh, you watched it. one of them YouTube videos. I replayed it multiple times. 
smack the shit out of dude. I was like, yes, finally, right? Because that's what you would really do. That and I remember reading. We talked about it on that episode we did on that movie, but they were saying like they. I think it was Sidney Poitier said he stood in the back of the theater to just watch people's reaction. And they said like when you were in the northern states, everybody kind of some people even applauded, but down south they said people got up and left the movie at that point. Dang, and it's <laughs> it's real. It's real. It's real and mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, that was I love that scene. I love that movie because uh, you oh, know hell yeah. you know what that movie is one of those movies where it looks like it's hot. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like everybody's all sweaty and like you're just like man, and he's so cool. You know, you're mm-hmm. just like he and um, just the way it's shot and it feels real. All those people feel real in that movie. That's so. how do the right thing was too. Like everybody just looked hot and sweaty the whole damn uh, movie, and they filmed everything with that red tinge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another one. We're gonna watch that on the podcast. I'm excited. I'm excited. I can't for wait that. to hear about that one. I'm excited for y'all to get to that. I'm excited for that one because that's that's one of my favorites, and uh, it's a good one. And uh, John, I don't know if we heard John Sandy doing his uh, his uh, impersonation of um, of uh, oh my god, why can't I think of her name? Was it Rosie Perez? Rosie Perez when he's going Mookie. <laughs> <laughs> That made me laugh. Good job, Mookie. Or whatever the hell she be saying. Mookie. That's a great. That's another. We could talk about that all day long. Um, Oh, yeah. We we did on our podcast. Hey, (laughs) no. Yeah, here we go. (laughs) Hour three. Come back. We'll take a short break. We'll be back. 